hey guys, brand new podcast. And I am heading down under. Tops Off World Tour is going down to New Zealand. Auckland on April 17th. Wellington, April 19th. Those are the only tickets available. Melbourne sold out. Uh, Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, everything sold out. So I will see you guys uh, down under. And then we come back up for Fully Loaded. Forest Hills, New York. Baltimore, Maryland. Moosick, PA. Guilford, Traverse City. Fort Wayne, Indiana. St. Louis, Lincoln, Nebraska. Huntsville, New Orleans. Memphis, Oklahoma City, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, Boise, and ending at the Gorge, July 15th. It is a banger lineup. Me, Lewis Black, Dave Attell, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis, uh, Big J. Okerson, Dan uh, Soder, Rosebud Baker, Tammy Pescatelli, Chad Daniels, Jim Norton, Rich Voss. We just added Rich Voss. Um, this lineup's fuck. I, mean, I know I'm forgetting people, but... Go to FullyLoadedFestival.com or BurtBurtBurt.com to get your tickets. I'll see you on the road. All right. Great podcast, everyone. Oh, and check out my movie, The Machine, Memorial Day weekend. The person on today's podcast uh, was up to play the villain in the movie. I'm interested in how that movie would have turned out. She's an amazing fucking actress. Eliza is a fucking great actress. She was in a movie with Marky Mark. Did you see that? She was fucking great. She's an amazing comedian. She's an amazing mom. She's awesome. I absolutely love her. You know, I'm very lucky to have a bunch of women in comedy that uh, reminded me of my sister and so, my, both of my sisters. So I kind of became friends with and I, and I really, my sisters are very funny. And so women like Eliza and Nikki and I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop naming names, but like we, there's a bunch of names. Obviously, there's a bunch of women in comedy that I absolutely adore and uh, they make me giggle like my sisters and I've been lucky enough to have relationships with for now, I mean, close to 18 years, close to eight, almost 20 years. And, and it's really fucking cool. And the coolest part is they know my wife, they know my girls, and my girls have looked at these women like, like ants. I mean, they come over to the house and the, you know, they're all, all these girls are cool as shit. And, you know, they're, they're 20 years younger than Leanne. And so they're like, they come over and they got like cool shoes on and stuff. And so I think I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have the friendships I do. I really am. And this woman is a good friend of mine. I absolutely adore her. She is fucking hilarious. She's got a new book called All Things Aside, Absolutely Correct Opinions. You can buy it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Go pick it up. Support her, ladies and gentlemen. My friend, stand-up comedian, Eliza Schlesinger. I went out to dinner last night with my husband and like this other couple in Valentine's Day. Is that, is that, hang on, put a pin in this. That's a flex. That we no, 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 no. Is it, is it fun to eat with your husband? I think it would be so much fucking fun. It, he is the most fun. Uh, and bet. he will do, you should go one time, like they'll do like dumpling crawls in San Gabriel Valley. They did a junk food, a research crawl in Nashville because he was opening up this chicken restaurant. So they had to go eat a ton of different fried chickens. This. Um, and I was just like, I'll pass, but I'll see you guys at the show. So he does these. He just did his book tour for his cookbook and he like went on like this food crawl. So they do valley bar crawls. And like I want I just I want to um, I, you a copy of I want to I want to just go out to dinner with him and go order for me, please. Just order oh, for yeah. me. Tell me what to get. So that's well, my favorite thing is that that's the beauty. That's the flex your husband gets on in any moment yes. is he goes. 
You want me to just order for the table? And everyone goes, this is the best meal I've ever had. He'll do it. I mean, he's happy to let everyone like he's there's like no ego about it. But sometimes like there's the, like the trope about like women like, I don't know what I want to eat. And I'm like that. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, here's what you want. And like in the sweetest, I'm like, you're right. I do want an uni taco. You're absolutely right. I'm so glad <laughs> someone said it. Uh, but it's go, great. But go back to your story. But also because he knows about every ingredient. He's like this. I know this yeah. isn't from here. Not in an annoying way, but in a like, oh, you're not going to like that. Try this. Yeah. Because he knows. I'm like weird about what I eat. Oh, great. Uh, All right, but go back to your story. You go out to eat with your uh, your husband oh, and I just, friends. No, we just went out to eat last night. And it's this. Have you been to, I'll, I'll give him a shout out because they're so tasty, to Anajak here on no. Ventura? No. It is like, it's one of the hardest reservations in LA. Oh, really? To get. We didn't get it because of Noah. Um, we got it because of a friend. It's not like I'm too cool for school, but it's, it's Thai food. You ever go to like night market? Uh, no, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't go out to eat enough. I'm Basically, never home. It's fucking dope Thai food with like incredible wines and like they play hip hop. Like it's just awesome. Uh, and they do a taco Tuesday. So they have like incredible ingredients and dry fish, all this. And it's just cool. It's like modernized, super cool, like millennial uh, Thai food. And we went, my point is it never even occurred to me to post a picture. And I don't, I wonder if I'm aging out of it a little bit mm. or since I've had a daughter, like I post a lot less and a lot less of myself. And I just kind of, it's not about like being in the moment. I just kind of like, I spent so many years posting, posting, posting. And you look back at some of your posts, you're like, that was so lame, especially like in the early days of like Twitter, like I'm yeah. eating a burrito, like who cares. Uh, you're, you had some great posts of, uh, you were fun to watch, but you were really fun to watch. Thank you. But no, but uh, I, I, you were a fun follow because you would, you were fun on Instagram. You were like, you were, you were you. great on stories. You were very relatable. And I feel like, there's certain comics I follow and I it's good because it gives you like a cue on like how to up your game. I'm not even talking like stand up wise, but like like I never occurred to me to like do stuff on the road until I saw Angela Johnson like with a crew like, hey, we're going for the best tacos or we're going to a group yoga. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can enjoy myself and not just like be hung over. Oh, yeah. You know, and so like the more we do this, the more money we make, the more following other comics just to see like, oh, what graphics package did they, oh, they made a video of that? That's a good idea. Ooh, I, I got I got hit up by a couple of people about my lighting package. There you go. Yeah, like they were like, ooh, I like your lighting package. Can you tell me what you did? And I go, yeah, of course. Yeah. We're going surfing in Orlando uh, or in New Smyrna Beach on Saturday. We're going to the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Oh, man. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm I'm bad because I when I did the um, Hot Summer Night Store at the drive-ins, we just had to fill our days with shit to do. So we went crap. We went. We rented a boat and went out. And what you did yeah. the uh, the one not Martha's Vineyard up in Cape Cod. I did. We took. We rented a boat and went out to the ocean. Oh man, and, our days are very different. Oh, I, I'm I'm hardcore. So I have, I can get caught up in my own head if I don't do stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like it makes I, you healthier mentally. Yeah. To just not be like sitting staring at Instagram, but I just meant like the content of our activities oh. like we went we played vermont recently so we took a historical tour on the spirit of ethan allen boat and really? i learned like all about ethan allen it's not just a furniture company and like vermont's role in the american revolution and then we went oh, to like a museum fucking awesome and then we did we would take like a pilates class and then like we'll get a fun coffee <laughs> it's oh. like hanging out with your girlfriend <laughs> that sounds great who do you tour with you my opener with is a guy named hunter hill yeah who's awesome and I love watching my fans become his fans. And sometimes I'll take like Laura Peak. I have uh, I Laura Peak. Uh, Logan Guntelman is going to come. She's what? a story girl. She'll come do it a bit here. Um, and then like in Europe, when I go by myself, sometimes I'll just like let local 
people of that country open. Really? For me. Really? Yeah. I would never in a million fucking years. Yeah. And I watched you go to Europe one time. Yeah. You did Europe, I think, before I ever did Europe. I watched you do Europe, and it looked so fucking fun on your Instagram. On my Instagram. I loved it. I loved your Instagram. I think I post more abroad, I guess, versus, like, day-to-day, -day, but I do always feel compelled to post the dog. Um, I guess I just don't like it when it becomes, like, this compulsive, like, you have to post. Mm -hmm. Then, like, the comic in me is like, well, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to detail yeah. this. Like, I want... Yeah. You might get a day of like 15 stories about my dog and the next day will be about women's rights. Like, and then the next day, nothing. <laughs> well, that's, I think that like, I don't post, I don't post, I don't talk. I don't, I don't think anything political. I have a buddy who's running for city council and he asked me to bring him up on stage and I was like, absolutely fucking not. No, because that means you're endorsing him. Yeah. 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 But I won't even, I don't even, I, I don't even, by the way, I, I stay out of that shit so much. I have a joke in my new special that we were doing an interview and she said, this is the closest I've ever seen you get to political. And I was like, it's not, it's not political, it's comedy. It's it, The whole story is, I, and I say it pretty directly, like I, I, the whatever subject we're talking about in this, I want everyone to enjoy the joke, but I, I, I think, and sometimes I say, don't apply your politics because this story isn't about politics. The story is about comedy, about the best time to tell jokes when everyone's super serious. Mm -hmm. And when everyone's super serious about politics and you slide in a joke, it's the fucking greatest moment ever. Because it breaks and, the tension. And that's what I live for. That is what my life is defined by, not finding my hill or my soapbox to get on and preaching, yep. but finding the moment to be goofy and silly. I think that that's, look, there's a billion different comics and a billion different audiences. If Netflix has shown us nothing, it's that there are micro audiences, massive audiences, like yeah. you can find your comic. And I think it's okay to never be political. I mean, Sebastian is one of the biggest comics, not political. He, but, he, but the one time he went on... Uh, on MTV and he was kind of attacking millennials. Right. Well, that's not political though. That's an old person's opinion and it's an funny. Old person's also, opinion. Also, nobody yeah. watches MTV, so it's okay. It was it was a good It was it was what they when he hosted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody has that right. And by the way, you can be non-political and tomorrow like something happens to one of your daughters and you're like, "Now I got to say something." Well, we yeah. are allowed to pick these things up and set them down because yeah. at the end of the day we are comics. So you can take what I say seriously, but I'm not running for office. And if I make a statement and then I retract it, like I make a lot of statements and it's not my job to stand by it yeah. forever. You're yeah. not voting for me. You're here for an hour of laughs. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely don't think any, if I would never win a political race in a million years. What's interesting. I'm not sure how the Senate works. So like, if they like really got to like <laughs> questions, I'd be like, I'm not positive how our judicial system works. I met I met uh Corey not Corey Feldman. Glover? No. Oh. Corey who is the guy? Booker? Corey Booker. Okay. Right. I met Corey Booker. He was dating Rosario Dawson mm -hmm. and we were Rosario and I were in line uh to do a photo shoot and uh he was with her and I said you're Rosario's guy and he was like he was like yeah and Rosario's like Bert doesn't know anything about politics. I go are you a politician? And he goes, I am. I didn't know who he was. I never heard of Cory Booker. And I was like, cool. I go, what do you do? Like, oh no, I, I said, hey, you make a living doing that. And he goes, it's like when they always ask comics. Her. It's always when they always ask comics. Do you make money doing that? Oh, I've got a story for you. Okay. Basically, here's the story. Um, but by the way, like, I think that's all fine. Like, if you do political. Oh, by the comments, way, my Cory Booker story is not up and over. Oh. Oh, it got way worse. Oh, I it got it just way fucking worse. Okay. Oh no. I said, which one? This is what you when you said I don't know how the Senate works. I go, so what do you do? And he goes, I'm a. Uh, a senator or whatever, and I or a rep. I go, is that the one with two or the one with how many your state is? And okay. he goes, well, he doesn't know anything about politics. I go, 
I go, do you want to be president one day? And he looked at me dead serious. He goes, I, I just ran for president. And I looked at him, I go, did you win? That's so fucked. That's, that's the equivalent. Of, uh, that's even worse, Bert. Uh, yeah. And he looked at Rosario. She's like, he doesn't know anything about I don't politics. Know this yeah. That's the equivalent of like, when are you coming to my city? You were like, I literally left last night. <laughs> You're like, but I'm a fan. My, put a pin in that because I have a theory about marketing that marketing done well is when you're leaving that city and no one says that to you. Everyone says, how was the show at Red Rocks, Bert? Yeah. And you go, it was great. And they're like, I couldn't make it. It was sold out. I couldn't make it because it was sold out. Not like, no, oh, I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't. no. Great yeah. marketing is when you leave a city and everyone knows you were at that city. My agent's like, I'll be like, should we do another show? He'll be like, leave him in the streets. And you're just like, God, leave who's your agent? Well, no, but like, it's, I like you know, this. I like this. You could do several shows, but then it's like, do you want to add that one that isn't going to feel as good? Like maybe you did X amount and you can't fill that last one in your case, that 13th mm -hmm. show. Uh, leave them in the streets because that way they will not fucking sleep on buying those tickets next time. No, you're that's a uh, that's uh, I mean, there, there's a, a real argument. I do, I want to hear your story. I'm interrupted oh. your story, but there's an argument for doing uh, smaller, not smaller venues, but like uh, say like a, a 2000 seater or a 1200 seater and then and keep adding and adding and then cut it off and go, We're clean. We did four shows. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Or you can do, I was just, I just played Australia. And I'm really? sitting there. I'm feeling really. Were I, you there when Tom was there? I don't think so. Were you just there? Uh huh. Who's there in there? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was there. No, because I only think Chappelle was there at January? the same night. No. Oh. I mean, yes, but it was like literally last week, like the week before. Yeah, he just got back. I only Super Bowl heard. Sunday. No, I was here Super Bowl Sunday. No, he so, was. He did too. He got back from Australia Super Bowl Sunday. I just don't think we were. I could be wrong because okay. I only I was talking to Jeff and he was like because they were there. I, maybe he was. But I don't know. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Tate. Ross. Oh, Jeff Ross? Was with Chappelle. Yeah. And so I just, and like, I knew like the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing. And oh, so I wow. just, but I was Sydney and Melbourne and then I did New Zealand. So he could have, we could have crossed in the, in the night sky. Um, But I'm sitting backstage and I'm feeling really good about the sold out shows and my thing. And then I hear about how many, how much Jimmy Carr works. Do you know him? Yeah. He's such a nice guy. And like, People are always saying to me, they're like, wow, you work so hard. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I really earned it. And then I looked at his schedule. I, I don't think there is a theater, nary a yurt, a <laughs> stage, a box with an opening that he won't play. He is all over Australia, cities you've never heard of. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then it's like three arenas. And then he'll play your fucking high school auditorium. Pull, pull up Jimmy Carr's schedule. I'm dying to see this. I... It took me back. I had to sit for a second and I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? And it's, and he's not even, he's massive. Oh, he's, and he's so talented. And he's the nicest guy in the fucking he's world. He's so nice. He's the nicest guy in the world. He, he did, we did, uh, we did, uh, that's not the way you pull up someone's schedule, but. What did you go to? Like ask Jeeves? I know. What, and then Holston. Googled Google. Googled Google. <laughs> go to, go to Australia or Australasia, whatever he did. Anyways, the point is. Go to Australia. That says Australasia. So that means oh. he's all over it. Oh, whoa. Look I'm at stealing that. Yeah. I'm stealing that. Look at this. Look at this. This is every night. And I get you could, whatever, a new Hamer Hall. I just played Hamer Hall. Look at how many fucking Hamer Halls he has. And then we're still on that coast, Australia. And then you've never heard of Ulambara. You've never, State Theater. I just played the State Theater. Jeez. Look at all these State Theaters in a foreign market. Look, and then Wollong Along, you've never heard of that. Geelong, Costa, look at these halls he's finding. Wow. And I had to catch my breath. So Holy if crap. you think you're working hard, 
just remember Jimmy Carr is out there doing the rest of the work for you. Just so you know, he doesn't need the money. I mean, you must have one hell of a coke habit. No, he's. <laughs> I, I th- no, I think you know. You know a story, right? Mm-mm. He was like. Uh, he was like. Um, We're still scrolling, by the way. Just in Australia. He's in April. He's still. In, I'm going to be in Australia in April. He's still in Australia in April. Yes. What is he doing? Residency in Australia? In Bri- just the country. This is the city of Brisbane. Tuwumba. Tuwumba. He's playing a fucking automatic vacuum. Hold on. He's. I'm. He's in Australia from January to April. This is it for him. He's still, still in, in there in May. In May! When my movie, The Machine, comes out in Memorial Day weekend, Jimmy Carr will still be in fucking Australia. Still in Australia. We're going. We're He's well going to have into- a child there or something. I He's going to have a mistress. He brings his whole family. No way. He brings the whole family. Because we had the same touring people that brought us over. And so there's sometimes you look at other comics. Like I passed Dodger Stadium. I drove by it. This is months ago. And Gabriel Iglesias was shooting his special there. And I shot him a DM. I was like, we've never actually met, but I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Like I like was doing the math in my head. And I finally met him recently. And I was like, did you get my DM? He's like, the thing about autism. I was like, I think you're thinking of like another blonde person who DM'd <laughs> you. Autism? But sometimes like you can't even be jealous because they are worlds away from oh. anything you well, do. I, I think, I think, I think that, I think that with people even that, you could be jealous. I go. You can't be jealous because yeah. I, I think I, I think it doesn't it doesn't feed you. I, like like I look at Jimmy Carr's schedule and I go, I go good. I don't have it that bad because I, I I'll pity myself at times. Like because my schedule is pretty aggressive and my off I don't have off days and so I I don't get an off day. I get like uh, I podcast yeah and on off days and I shoot. I have a cooking show. I have a pot of two pot three podcasts and so. I'm shooting all the time during my off days and I I can get woe is me. And then people go, whoa, you need to, you need to, you need to slow down. And then I go, no, you don't, you don't need to slow down. There's dudes that uh, dig holes every day. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's people that do real jobs every day and they do it all day long. And it's funny when you hear people getting burned out, you're like, for what? I don't know. I feel like we all have different emotional bandwidths and you can get burned out depending on like I have a baby. She's 13 months old. So it's not burned out isn't because burned out also suggest that you don't like what you're doing so it's not even burned out as much as like like i didn't anticipate how how much i would miss her like you and you don't know till you go and so isn't that crazy yeah and so that's something that you eventually get a grip on but there's also something to be said for like you and i do similar things but then there's a lot of things that i do that you don't do or you do that i don't do and so i know for me like if you are at the helm of everything like if it is your podcast, the book I'm writing, the movie that I am reading for, the one that I'm writing for, the TV show you're trying to pitch. Like people don't think about once you have a thing, like a podcast is your podcast. Mm-hmm. You can drop in and you can do it and you can leave. You're not pitching the podcast, you yeah. know? So there's a, as a comic, I don't have to ask anyone's permission, but as a producer and as a creator of things that you're trying to build and worlds you're trying to make on TV, like that's exhausting. Like the constant no, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so- and so it's not one versus the other. It's just every once in a while you're like, you know what? I will take today to just sit here quietly and stare at my phone or say I'm going to get a massage, but then just scrunch up my neck and stare at the phone more. There's just every, you know, and then it makes you even stronger for the next day, but you still go do your sets. Room for creativity. You have to, ha- you need like a break just so you can get re-energized. Yeah. And just, be, and just think weird thoughts. And, and think weird thoughts. And allow yourself that. I, that's what I've, I've, 
today I isolated that I am not allowing myself any room for creativity in that. And then I don't, Jimmy Carr is, is prolific. He, he writes like crazy. He writes nonstop. He has a hunger. We, me and Tom ran into him in Melbourne in uh, in Montreal is when we first met him. Yeah. And he asked if he could step on and do a guest set. And yeah. we were like, and, and I think the show was a book show and, we, and then everyone's like, yeah, you can do a guest set. And Tom had pulled up his net worth and he goes, take a look at this. And he showed it to me and he oh goes, he doesn't need to do guest sets. No, none and of I, us need to do guest sets. Yeah. You do it. I mean, we all have that hunger. You do it. You pick up as many as you can. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you, I mean, I know you tour often, but cause I never see you. At often, the comedy often all, all the time. Well, I guess that's the answer. <laughs> I live on the fucking road. So then that's why I never see you. Yeah, I never, the... I'm never home. I, I'm home. Today was my first day home in a month and a half. And then, uh, and then I was, I was on tour all of, I mean, I was getting ready for a special. So if I'm getting ready for a special, I tour every day, every, I'm all, I live on the bus. And so I'm, I live on my tour bus. What about your kids? George is in college. Isla's 16. Oh my God, in my mind, they're like 10 year old. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, these are children. How could he leave? Children? No, yeah, George like is in college and Isla. Isla is the one that's killing me because she had never, ever had they asked where I was. And yeah. Isla's texted me a couple of times, like, when are you coming home? Because I did this big Europe tour and, and it was a little, it was, it was a, too much. I, I bit off more than I could chew. And then I, I led, I mean, I went right from there to the Boston Garden, yeah. Maine. And and then I and then I and then I, I think I kept going. Oh, and then we did four shows in Tempe, at the Mullet Arena. Yeah. And I and I'm like I just, uh, I just and I and then I, and literally I'm home two days. So we had dinner yesterday. We watched Grease last night, and then I go. I'm off to Tampa. And this is what you have to. People don't think about it or talk about it. Like these are the things that you have to think about, and these are the. This is part of being a parent. Well, but how long can you I'm curious cuz I feel like I feel like I in hindsight probably made mistakes but there were mistakes I'm worth I'm I'm fine with making in that in that I I didn't have I didn't have you you've had a, a you've had an, an an amazing career a really amazing career and 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 earned it every step of the way but I, I feel like I earned mine but I didn't get it until later like and so that's why I don't mind I don't mind. All the decisions I made got me something. There's By the way, all those decisions I made could have not got me anything and there would have been no regret. But yeah. how much longer, what's what's your trajectory look like with working, with yeah. having a baby? Yeah, I mean, we've got a massive fall tour that coming up. And so I decided we had a movie planned for the spring and I still, or and now it might be the summer. And also like, I'm okay with taking June, July off because it's just, there's so much. You're competing with the weather. Like people yeah. want to be like out on their boats. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've always toured all year long. My mm -hmm. whole career didn't, I didn't know that some people didn't do it. And uh, so. Yeah. I remember hearing that. And I remember my I'm first like, person was Ali Wong. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, she's not touring for the next year. And I went. Because she has, right. Like a year. A year. Did you say year? She also has like a couple of TV, like she's doing okay. Yeah, no, no. But she also, when she decides to tour, she'll just go out and make. Yeah. Like $10 million in a market and then go home and yes. be like, I'm actually good. Bring it back home. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about comedy and like when you're coming up and you're competing, there's no room for a conversation like this. Like it feeds everybody differently. 
Some people like they make a fuck ton of money and they can do that. Some people enjoy the hang of it. Some people are like Jimmy Carr. Like there's no right or wrong way. And as long as it's serving you creatively and you're happy yeah. and you're not like owing money <laughs> to like a bookie or something and yeah. doing it out of obligation. Some people also just need to make the money for their family. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as what you're putting out there is something that people are enjoying and you're proud of. I think with having her, like I just, I went to Iceland. I was like, I'm going to take a vacation. And then I was like, we'll do a show. And it was great. But it was like eight days of like, I was like, this will be like a gift to myself. I'm turning 40. And I was just like, like, it is hard to travel and not work. And I actually don't think it's fun. I don't think it's fun at all. I can't sit on a beach. I will burn. And I enjoy <laughs> that. It's an, You get off stage, you're like, now I can have, like, I don't drink before shows. I won't drink during yeah. the day. And now I can have a drink or now I can sleep. Like, I just, I believe in earning it. What? I love it. I, you're saying everything I feel. Yeah. And you're not I, allowed to say I, yeah. that, but you have to, like, you don't feel good about relaxing unless you just worked really, really hard at something. And so like, I got a gig on Righteous Gemstones. So I moved my family to Charleston for two weeks. Those are good guys. Those are great guys. And we had yeah. a great time and I had come off touring and like went right to that. And so there is that thing for like staying busy so you don't realize how tired you are. And then when you do stop, if you stop, then you realize like, oh, wow, I really did need a day off. So the answer is hopefully we sell these next couple of movies. Hopefully we sell this show and generate some passive income in the form of residuals and royalties. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I don't know. I just like creating stuff. I, it's, it's the draw. Like, I don't feel like it's a job. I feel like it's I feel like it's, it's not a, a job. Yeah. It's, it's the best fucking job in the world, but it's not like I'll go to work. It's like I get excited for that. And I, my favorite time of day is after I do my sets, like when I'm home, if I'm working stuff out, I come home in the house. My husband goes to bed very early. Really? He, he doesn't try. He has trouble sleeping so he can fall asleep. And so it's like when he can fall asleep, like he just goes, not very, like nine o'clock, 930. Okay. No, it's pretty fucking early. It's early compared to us. It's, it's early compared to Leanne. Leanne will stay up till one in the fucking morning. I go, yeah. what are you what doing? Are you doing? Yeah, you got, you're not, you're not drinking. You're she's not like, I'm weed. worrying. She, uh, she's making lists in her head. Yes. Yeah. Oh God! I've had oral sex with Leanne and and go. Are you making a list? And she goes, "I can't help it." Oh, literally, truer words. Yeah, so yeah. Keep Leanne going. is all of us. No, and so I'll come home, and you know, you've got that buzz of like a great set, and I come home, and the house will be quiet, and I'll just pull out like a huge snack, like a giant quesadilla or a whole thing of ice cream, or I'll grab it on the way home, and I'll just sit quietly. The baby and the baby nurse are in their room, and I will just eat and check my phone. And just like enjoy the buzz of what we just did. Yeah. For like an hour and a, uh, maybe an hour and then I'll. I love that you say it's not worth it if you didn't earn it. I, you know, I have a, I have a real, so I, I, I got an offer to write a um, uh, self-help book, but it was based on the way I succeed. <laughs> right. Like, so like more people are like me than are like David Why Goggins. Why don't you watch your specials? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just make fun of your kids. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but one of my, like, so I started like sincerely thinking maybe I'll write a self-help book. And like my number one thing was treats. That was not. Oh yeah, you do one. talk about treats. I yeah. love treats. I love treats. I love that. I love a treat. I love the excitement a treat brings you. Like tonight, my treat is. Um, I got meetings up until like seven forty-five, eight o'clock, and then my car picks me up at eight forty-five, and I go. My treat is on my seven o'clock meeting, seven thirty meeting. I'm gonna make a cocktail. Make cocktail and enjoy a cocktail during my meeting. Not tell anyone. Yeah. Get wasted. Say something I regret. Yeah. Have them film it. Boom. <laughs> Done. It's no, it's over. a Zoom with uh, publicists. Yeah. So I just got to hear their pitches. I don't. I'm not a big. You fan. can definitely be buzzed for that. Oh, uh, I got drunk working. for a table read. 
Yeah, that's super respectful of the material. Uh, it, it was, it was. Uh, by the way, uh, Josh Brolin said I killed it. So yeah, but he is the sexiest dude alive. I would fall asleep. I think this is having a baby. Like if I have like one, like my tolerance is oh, different. Oh, for real? I, I don't know where I where I fall in like the party spectrum. Some really? nights you get like a rabbit in you, and some nights I'm like I have a headache. <laughs> it was been one drink. I got to go to bed. Sweet. When you when you did Australia or when you do Europe, do you you bring a tour manager? It, yeah. Like a local tour manager. Local who do you tour bring manager. with you? Who do you bring with you? I don't. Uh, Australia. I'll bring Hunter, uh, and we have a tour manager that we've been working with for years there. Uh, in Europe, I have in the UK. I have a tour manager I work with just there that I've always worked with. And then in Europe, you kind of just get someone, which is great because I saw him. He came over for Iceland, so like it's all wow. these same people. Uh, but I don't bring openers in Europe uh, or the a, UK. I had a team of eight that was traveling with eight. Me. What? Eight. I had well, you have a bigger. I had a cameraman. Yeah. I had a, my personal trainer. I had Mark Smalls. I know, isn't that fucking ironic? But if I don't have a personal trainer, I fall to shit. You meaning, won't do I, it. I well, meaning. So for me, working out, like I did an interview today with the Hollywood Reporter or whatever, and they were like, uh, "I said how, they go, how you, the first question, how you feeling?" I said, "Great, I just got it done the gym. I just saw and I polar plunge." And they go, "So you work out." And so you work out? Yeah. So you work out. But I don't work out to like be ripped. I work, I enjoy it, but it for me it's a mental health yes. thing. Yes. And and if I don't work out, then I start to I start to slide. A thousand percent. And so I bring a personal trainer with me to keep me honest. And I was really scared of my behavior in Europe. Yeah. Because I do drink on planes. And I go, if I have someone to keep me in check, then on these flights, then and I and and I give her like I give her like complete reins to go, let's plan our day. So first day in Oslo, she was like, uh, I found a floating sauna in a fjord. Let's go sauna at 7 a.m. Let's just polar plunge. And then we'll come back. We'll have breakfast. We'll work out. Yeah. And we'll go explore the city or pass out or whatever we want to do. A little bit of structure. Never yeah. hurt no one. And so I bring a trainer with me. I had, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm, uh, I have, we had our tour manager. We had our promoter. And then we had my, uh, my personal assistant. And so we had a group of eight. I definitely... I think I travel. First of all, I think you make. I think you make a little bit more money than me. Uh, no, probably. I think you. Is. Well, I, I just. I like a streamlined thing. I have almost nothing in my rider. I have. I have an obnoxious rider. Yeah, I, but you. But, you have more. You travel with more openers. Yeah. Yours is like, of course, it's stand up, but like it's a hang. Like it's a different vibe. I don't think you and I are the same comic. Uh, no, we're not. You're. You are. A hundred. I would love to have your ability to write. I, don't, I would I'm, love to have your. I'm like I'm better than you. No, no, we're just we just have a different product, and yeah, but you're fucking. You're. I, I wonder sometimes what your process is. Because... I do too. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I look back at specials. I'm like, when did you come up with that? I'm like, yeah. I don't. People will quote jokes. I'll be like, I don't remember that joke. Um, but I like a stream. Like I'm a big like. Everybody wants to do their job and fucking go home, and all I want to do is make it easy. Like. That's why I'm, I get livid. It's part of why I hired a tour manager years ago because I was like, I can't interact with these monkeys that get like lighting cues wrong. We have three lighting cues. We have three sound cues and it's in between comics. So there's a visual cue for you. And when these things go wrong, like I will like sweat my hair out. And I try, like, I'm just like, just do your fucking job. Show up, do it well. Yeah. I don't have the option to not do mine well and go home. And so my writer is literally, and this is pared down because I used to have blueberries on it. Uh, it's is it feet on your couch? No, no, no. I was looking at your fingernails. Oh yeah, I was looking at fingernails. I got these done in Sydney. Yeah, I was looking at your fingernails. I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, yeah, I, put your feet on like, the couch. I don't give a fuck. No, I'm looking at your fingernails. <laughs> they look great. Yeah. I don't know if they want to zoom in on that. Uh, it's two cans of Red Bull, 
glass bottles of water, try to reduce the plastic, and gum and hand sanitizer for when I meet people. Yeah. And I have two, and even that, I have two cans of Red Bull. I probably won't even drink it because sometimes I get a coffee. And I came backstage one time and they were gone. And I look at my tour manager, who's like a golden retriever. And I was like, where's my Red Bull? And she was like, I drank it. I was so tired. I go, where's the other one? She goes, I had to have both. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that's it. We do that. I get it done. Like, I believe in like, you have a package, you do your job. So people come up to you for the meet and greet, which they pay for. Mm -hmm. Some people don't realize that. They're like, thanks for doing this. I'm like, this was, you bought this. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, are you exhausted? Do you hate this? I'm like, no one's forcing me to do this. This is a part of the presentation is I'm up for this. I nail my jokes. I'm here to meet you. But like after that, we're done. Yeah. And I don't, I just want people to do their jobs and enjoy that experience and go home. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes lives get you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Today I'm working out and the dogs don't have a collar on. This is a little inside baseball, but I remember a fight we got into because about the collar and all of a sudden all these anger rolled up, like reared up in me because girls take the collars off the dogs all the time. I have 150 pound dogs and I, I started getting angry. I've been in therapy long enough to know that I need to isolate that and go, wait, what is this? I literally just talked. I talked to Leanne and I said, hey, what's going on here? And she said, this is something you need to talk about with your therapist because your therapist isn't part of your family. He's just, or she or she is just a person that you can walk through what happened and they like an investigator can help you get to the bottom of things. If, if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and entirely online. I only do online therapy. I only do online therapy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Listen to me. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bert today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bert. This show is sponsored by Harry's Razors. When you're a child, you're like, oh, cool, I get to shave. And when you're a man, you're like, okay, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. Why do razors cost so much? Harry's razors are incredibly sharp and made from their own factory in Germany. Most importantly, they cost as little as two bucks per blade. Get a quality razor you can depend on delivered straight to your door from Harry's. I have weird places that I shave. Right under here, right on the sides, and then right here. And I'm telling you, with a dull razor, I can't get it. But with a quality razor like Harry's, you can get a quality shave without the hassle with a $3 Harry's trial set. The starter set is, is a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com slash Burt. This includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Plus, you can schedule replacement blades delivered whenever you need them with refills as low as $2. Save the hassle. Set up delivery and get the best quality shave with Harry's. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Burt. That's harrys.com slash Burt for a $3 starter set. I don't do meet and greets anymore. Right. Well, like, you would I, be well, there all night. Well, no, I no, I used to do I used to do a raffle for a meet and greet. So I because I like I, Hunger I, Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. And everyone knew if you paid 50 bucks, you got the meet and greet. But like 
And but you could also put a dollar in and win the meet and greet. Right. And now I do um I do a meet and greet by the bus, like if when I'm done. The thing with a meet and greet, it was it's, it would stress me out that I couldn't relax after my show. I had to sit down, they'd be like, So they're ready to go. You ready to go? Because we gotta turn the room. And I'd and I'd be like, Yeah. I think also the bigger the venues for me, I was like, I'll, you end up with a an astounding amount of people waiting by your bus. So I yeah. just say if you're gonna wait by my bus, I'll come out. I'll come out on my time. Let me have dinner. Or I, sometimes I'll work out and have oh, dinner, man. and then I'll come out to the bus. I'll bring, usually bring out weed or some beers, and then we'll all party out by the bus for then. See, the that's a very like that's very on brand for you, and yeah. I and people want that experience. I wouldn't be able to, like, and some I couldn't deal with keeping people waiting. I also would like to leave. Oh yeah, well I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I live right, on, on I'm bus. on a bus, so right. the, we have bus call at like. Four in the morning, three in the morning. You're still on the bus. So yes, we're all no. We have no urgency because we're all getting on a bus. That is the good thing from the few bus things that I've done. Like that is like just knowing as a comic that you don't have to get on a plane. Sometimes Eliza, you have no idea what that statement means. The idea that you don't have to get on a plane changes my personality entirely. Yes, it removes so much stress. Mm -hmm. And it, and it increases my longevity exponentially. The fact that I can, if I'm sick, take a NyQuil, get off stage and go get in a bunk yep. and then know that I'll sleep until we get to the next. It is a game changer for me. It's, it's why, it's, I mean, I, we just bought a new bus and, I, and I, I'll, only, I'll only be on buses for the rest of my life. And at the point at which it's not cost effective for me to be in a bus and do comedy, I think I'll retire. Mm. I think that's one because I don't think I'll go back. I we're don't talking think about I'll... quality of life. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. And as we get older, spending that money on things that just make life easier and more comfortable. Mm. And that's the whole point of making money is to make it life easier. So going back to your point at the beginning about like people hating on like if you fly private or whatever, it's like if you could if everybody, if you could have a nice car, you would. If you could have a bigger house, you would. Mm. And so that the energy of people like trying to pull you down because of that, just smacks of the have-nots. And there are plenty of things that I can't afford and don't have, but I choose to spend money on things that make my life easier Yeah. Uh, exponentially. The only times I ever fly private is if I can make more money by doing it. Like right. So for two bears, two bears I fly. Two, I, have a, I have a really hard time because I, I, I will go, it like uh, t tonight we're flying to Savannah, and mm -hmm. I was like, uh, affordable private, but at the same time, and and by the way, uh, affordable private and kind of makes sense a little bit because I'm doing an arena there, and so so uh, I'm only doing arenas right now, and so I, it always makes sense. I mean, I can financially, it's it's financially, it's okay. Well, also, you're bringing people, yeah, you're bringing like twelve openers. It's like you're not gonna buy them. Like I can understand populating a private plane versus buying a bunch of tickets. A bunch of first class tickets, yeah. Oh, you fly them first class? No, I I, I, I don't know who you fly I'm flying your openers first class. First class? Uh, fine. Well, one of them, yeah, one of them, yeah. Is there something? Are they sick? No, they're just it's Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm it's a like, friend. It's yeah. a friend. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. So well, I flew everyone first class all throughout Europe, and so, uh, but for me, private, I, I guess I flew me and my husband first class, but I didn't bring an opener. The uh, it, for me, I then go well. It's it's you know what. I, I can, I, it's so much cheaper to fly commercial. It and is. By the way, and by the way, it's, it's actually more enjoyable for me. Commercial? Be yeah, because it's a bigger plane. There's sometimes sleeper beds, which are, are um, better than sleeping on a jet often. Mm -hmm. And oh, and yeah. so I, I, so I like, 
I will always seek out commercial. But if I'm doing Two Bears, One Cave, I'll, it'll be, also, we're shooting at fucking 9 a.m. on Monday. You. I've got to fly. That's to, the thing yeah. we, nobody talks about. Like, yes, they are private jets are bad for the plan. I'm not endorsing it one way or the other, but I will say when you have a packed schedule, I understand celebrities. Like if you've got to be somewhere and you have to function and be a parent and be an adult. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to fly through fucking O'Hare and be treated like refuse and maybe not make it. And then you get and you're exhausted and you're treated like a terrorist. So if you have a packed schedule, this is an example of using something sparingly to make your life better. It's the same logic between like being a vegetarian, but eating sustainable meat. Like if you have yeah. to do it, do it well, but don't do it all the time. Don't be Kylie Jenner and fucking fly from like Burbank to Van Nuys. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was she, is that what she flew? She... No, it was but it was something <clears throat> almost as awful. Yeah. You know, or flying yourself private LA to New York by yourself. Like there are gorgeous first class seats, and you're not, you know, first uh, uh, private from New York to LA never will never make sense to me. Only mm -hmm. because because it's so much more affordable to fly uh, first class. For, first class is a five thousand dollar ticket. Yeah, versus it, it for ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, it's ninety. It's like well, I mean, same with Europe. Europe's two hundred fifty thousand dollars from LA. And there's no there's no rhyme or reason. There's no reason. You could, and by the way, it's not a more comfortable flight. You're, it's a smaller plane going over a fucking massive. I mean, ocean. Unless you're like Kim Kardashian and it's like a 747, and I get that. She got. Did you see her plane? I did. I don't covet though. I have to be honest, and I think it's because I spend a lot of time online and I look at like conspicuous consumption. I kind of get skeeved out by like bombastic displays of wealth. Yeah. Generally, because the types of people that do them are incredibly empty or not actually that wealthy, and you're trying to like flex. But the truth is, very wealthy people don't actually live that way. Like people who have multi generation, and I'm not one of these people. Yeah. But it's like quiet wealth. If you actually are a wealthy person, you're not wearing a Gucci t shirt. If you actually have class in. You hear taste, that, Tom? <laughs> sorry. I just, I don't know. Tom I'm, wears. Only Gucci. I think he probably does it like maybe as a joke a little no, bit. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Tom Tom is I'll tell you what happened to Tom is that he got skinny. So he could so never he could fit into he things. He could wear nice clothes for the first time. He's a large shirt now. He's now no longer an XL. Once you're a large, yeah. Uh the world opens up to you very differently than if you're a double XL. When you're double XL, Gucci Gucci's XL is really a medium. And I'm an XS, so like think about how big my world is. Oh, it's it's no. it's really big. My world is so big. Um, but I just the more I see online, like it's there's certain brands, there's certain posturing that's done to look wealthy for other people who aren't wealthy, and that's the mark of it. But like Anna yeah. Wintour is never gonna wear like a giant Versace print and a Versace belt and Gucci shoes. Like I like spending money on quiet well-made things like you okay, want to own so, a Louis Vuitton bag okay great but like head to toe you like you look like a clown yeah well yeah well so so then because this you is look like thing, a real housewife this is the thing between me and Leanne where do you where where is it makes sense to spend money because I believe it makes sense to spend money on like your mattress you're like the, where, the like a vacuum cleaner no way use mattress all the way you go <laughs> use gently pre-owned yeah, gently get a free one outside uh a no, vacuum, like, you said? Vacuum. Like, I bought us a nice vacuum when we first bought our first vacuum. That's nice. And it lasted. We still have that vacuum. That's what 
luxury should be, by the way, is yeah. things that last. Like people initially bought like Louis Vuitton luggage because it was it's and it is handmade, but it lasts. Yeah. So if you're buying something that's expensive that doesn't last, like that's the whole reason in investing, and that's why a part of because people will roast me for this, but it's the reason a lot of the poor stay poor is because when you are poor. You have to buy the cheaper option because you don't have the money. So you have to keep rebuying. Yeah. So it, you can't just invest in something nice. So I'm coming from a privileged perspective, a privilege that I gave myself by working hard, but investing in things like that. Yeah. It is a way it's an investment. So what, so what kind of like I, what kind of luggage do you have? I have a to me because I'm a stand-up comic mm -hmm. and that was the, my mom made me buy it. I yeah. carried the, I had like a, some random piece of luggage that I had when I started with Last Comic Standing in 2008 and I had it for like 10 years and she was like, we're going to get you nice luggage. And by we, she meant I was buying it for myself. She yeah. would just take me. So I have that one to me that I've had forever. They're like guaranteed for your life. And then my manager gifted me some away luggage for, you know, the- Away, I, yeah, I think they were a sponsor, podcast sponsor. They make an, a lovely product. Yeah, we have that, we have that, they're great. So I have that. The girls both have away luggage. Georgia and Isla. I like my hard shell away if I want a hard one. Then the to me is like a little bit softer. I don't check a bag. Ever. Never? Ever. Let me tell you something. Oh, I love this theory. I did a month in Europe, seven months pregnant. We did not check a bag. What? Didn't check a bag. I don't believe in it. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, I just told Taylor Thomason the exact opposite. Oh, man. She is going to Europe. And I said, and roughly on the same size tour I was doing, like, like scope of cities. And I said, Check all your luggage. Check all your luggage. Taylor. And put all your stuff. I, we spent more time in security. Yeah. Because we had all, we had all, we, we, we did not check anything. So we had, we had all carry on. I said, everyone's carry on. We're going to fly through there like fucking a hot knife through butter. And we got stopped on average for about 35 minutes at every security spot because we all had liquids, a, a flashlight. Like uh, my bag looked like it was a tactical bag. They stopped us everywhere. Our tour manager, Ben, was like, just check. You guys should just get a, a bag and all the stuff that you're getting stopped for, put it in that bag. Put and all your out. flashlights, yeah, well, I, all I, your I, lithium I bring, batteries. I travel with a flashlight because you never know if there's going to be an earthquake or something. Oh, uh, you, do, you do know. You do know there will not be an earthquake in Belgium. In Belgium? You know it. You never know. You never you do know. know. We were in Greece. Um, this is just two different ways. I so you have so what what fluids do you have inside your bag? I don't have fluids. I have the allotted amount for your face creams and whatever that go in the little dorky bag. No, I a, like a pleasure of mine is like I save my containers and I like put perfect like beautifully looking like face products. I like to feel like a big celebrity when I like do my face routine at night. I spend so much time in airports as it is that anything I can do to shave off time in an airport. Yeah, I've never had an issue. I've never. I don't want to give them a chance to lose my bag and anything that I want. Like I could ship home yeah. Like if I buy something or if I get like fan gifts, but like we, and also I wear my own tour t-shirt. I think you do too. I don't know if you do. You don't wear a shirt. Correct. But you don't, you start the show with a shirt. I start with a shirt, you but I, build I, wear, something. I, wear, I always wear a James purse shirt. Love James purse. I love James. Purse. I wear my own t-shirt on stage to yeah. be like, look how cute this is. And by giving myself a uniform, I have to think that much less about what I'm going to wear. Uh, so I pack that much less. Cha-ching. Yeah. That's why I don't wear a shirt. It's one of the reasons. Sure. Well, I can't go I that route. Think, I, think you'd be, you're, I think you'd be shocked how much your sales increase. It'd be pretty great.
It would be, yeah, you'd be, <laughs> I, you think I play big venues now. Where do you see your venue? Where do you see me shirtless? <laughs> Where do you see my OnlyFans arena tour? Um, no, I, we went, we made the big mistake of everyone doing carry on. And then, and we were also traveling though with a podcast, a podcast, a gear equipment. That's different. Yeah. Like I didn't, I also don't, I batch record how my many podcast. Shoes? How many shoes? I got the one. No, how many pair of shoes do you travel one with? One pair. Because I do Pilates. I don't do any sort of cardio, so I don't need any shoe with like traction. I work out barefoot. So what shoe do you wear on stage? Just those? No. Oh my God. Never a white shoe. Okay. This actually was, I never wear white shoes in general. This was just a vibe today. I have a pair of black Nikes that I had custom made. Yeah. That I'll wear those. Air Force those. Ones? No. They're, um, no, I don't like Air Force Ones. I think they're too long. Uh, they're, they're Nike. If you, if you saw them, I would know them. Like it's, okay. whatever. I got like a Pegasus. No. Like, it's like uh, I did it like Nike ID and I was like, what's the cutest shoe? Oh, for real? I did Nike ID and I made my, I get a lot of compliments on the shoe. It's all black with like an army green swoosh. So it's just like a barely green yeah. gum sold. So they're like the tan soles. Yeah. And I had, I had them made for unveiled. And so that was my fifth special. So I have a five on the tongue. It's not, it's, um, it's, um, it's like the, it's I'm like not into sneakers. It's the, uh. It's the with the that right there, cute that one. No, uh, yeah, Air Max. Sorry, Air Max, the Air yeah. Maxes. Anyway, but that's it. I just bring the one pair. So then you wear those every day. I wear those every day because we do a ton of walking. Yeah, and I keep them clean. We do those every day. Some I used to when I used to do a different kind of workout. I bring that workout shoe, but I don't do like heels on stage or like a. Yeah. Um, I also. So do you? Yeah. I, weird sidebar question. Yeah. Do you find it weird to perform in one outfit and then when you do your special to put on a brand new outfit and have a whole new look? It's not so much weird as like one, somebody wrote something like really shitty once. They're like, you know, we get dressed and we come to your shows and you don't put any effort. I'm like, I created a whole fucking world with my mind, memorized it and I'm like ensuring that you're going to laugh. Like yeah. I definitely put in more work than you did by straightening your hair, Tanya, but I do a full face of like stage makeup. Yeah. Like the hair, I can't help that I have like postpartum breakage, but like we do the hair. Like we, it's just a t shirt and jeans because I'm a, a believer in being an extension of who you are in real life on stage. Yeah. So I'm never going to like put on like a suit. Yeah, I, yeah. But for the special, it's more, it's a presentation. It's just a different thing. Like late night is different. You know, if you're going to do a late night set, which I haven't done in forever, well, like, you would dress I, up for I, TV. In all honesty. You would dress up for TV in a way that you might not if you're going to do a spot locally. I don't know what I'd wear. For men, it's also different for guys. Like it, it's not so about mattering as much as what people judge you so much harsher as a girl. And I'm past the like if you're coming to my show, it's not by accident. So we're there, but like I'm not a big like let's be cool on stage. I'm like I'm a big believer in just like all black, get yeah. it done. I like being blonde and wearing all black. Yeah. And talking about the devil. <laughs> how do you pick, how did you pick your last outfit for your last special? Uh, I have a, a stylist, Tara Swennon. She does a lot of celebrities like that you've heard of. And uh, I always. Did she bring you a bunch of outfits? Yeah, I go to her her studio and she has stuff that she pulls knowing like what I like, what I don't like. And she had these pants that I wore for this special. And the second I saw those pants, I'm like, I will build the outfit around these pants. Oh, for real? Pull yeah, they had, what's the name of your last special? The name of the last special was Hot Forever. And yeah. if you want to pull up an image of these pants, because it'd be good for you, you can see them. People, these pants were very divisive. Uh, people- They were divisive? Yeah, people were like- oh, I thought you looked great. I did. Yeah. People who don't 
know fashion were like, I don't know. And I'm like, you're wrong. These pants are fucking fire. And that first top one right there, you can see them. First top one. That one, yeah, where your hand is. Halston. So people were like, is that underwear? I'm like, no, they're hip cutouts and these are the future and they're fucking fire. And uh, I got a spray tan and I wore them. And I had a bra sewn into that top right there. Really? You got to. You got to sew your bra in. I almost, I sew a bra in for every shirt I've worn for a What do you mean? How? how, Why? Because like that looks like a bikini top and I need more support. (laughs) Yeah. I talk a lot about bras in this special. How, How long after having a baby did you shoot that special? I shot that special in July, so I had my baby in January, January, February, March, Jesus. April, May, June, July. Isla, uh, Isla. La, I, Eli, Eliza, and my daughter's name's Isla. Yes, I know so that. Yes, yeah, so I like, love that name. Yeah. I think it's uh, you name. should hear her pronounce your name. So the first part, the second part, the whole, whole part. Oh man, she's dyslexic, and so some oh. so words will trip her up. Like she'll get really tripped up on on Schlesinger was all but destroyed when it came out of her mouth at least and she by the way she couldn't see she was reading them from my phone so she was like a lizard i mean at least she has the excuse of being dyslexic versus just being like a bad interviewer or like a bad journalist at this point i'm almost 40 i'm like it's okay if you can't say schlesinger it's okay if you're anti-semitic but at least let's talk about it off camera so I don't have to endure you making a bit about it. Like, we can say Schwarzenegger, but Schlesinger's a problem. Yeah. We can say Skarsgård. We can say all these things. Well, it's 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 funny. Um, well, hold on. That's really quick after having a baby to be, to be, hang on. And, and I, yeah. I know everyone thinks I'm talking about body stuff, but we are. To be, I'm not. I'm not. I'm oh, talking yeah. about to have a baby and then be ready to shoot a special. Can I tell you? I have not shared this with anyone, but I had a lot, I had trouble retaining information after I had the brain. Is it, was that what it's called? Huh? Is it, was it called? Some people call it moo mind, which I find really disgusting, but that's, you know, we're talking about moms and how your mom like doesn't remember actors names or can never remember a song. It is very real. But when you memorize things for a living, I had to stop. And not simple things. You memorize, you can memorize a solid two minute rant. Right. And so, yeah. It's, I was a little scared because it wasn't sticking. Like this is material that I had polished and written. Like this was, this yeah. was my material. It wasn't sticking. Like it was almost like I had everything and it would just kind of be floating out there. And you're like, I, it, like my brain was different chemically. I've been like that in radio when I, if I take a Xanax. <laughs> where, you, where you go, I should be firing. Like, like, what's happening? Like, yeah, like, I, I'm, when I come in here, I, the word is here. That's why I know yeah. why, that I'm good on well, radio. I know what the next joke is. Why Why don't I have this memorized? So I wrote down my set list, and I taped it to the back of the curtain, and I had to stop down and go check it, which is not a big deal. And, like, the audience loves you, and it's fine. And even in the months after the baby, like, I would have a set list. And I sometimes it's just there, like, to reference stuff and you're writing stuff. But, like, it was never really like that before. Yeah. And you start to get nervous because you don't want it to become like a crutch. And I don't love bringing that on stage, but you're nobody really gives any space or grace for like how scrambled your brain actually is. Or, or your, or I mean, or your body. And I mean, body in, in yeah. all sense. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to get offended if we're talking about bodies. No, but no, I know. But, but for Leanne, like Leanne's thing when she had Georgia, it's the only one I really remember was, uh, 
she wasn't ready to go out in public mm. for a, a, a long time. And there and she Leanne had issues, just issue like a lot of I don't want to. It's her story, but like I mean, her tits would start leaking. Oh right, sure. There's I mean, like there, there's I'm, I'm not talking about losing weight. I don't want to make sure everyone knows that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like legit. Your body is out of control. Yeah, it's not and your body anymore. Software. You're sharing it with another person. I mean, I there's that narrative and people talk about like, oh, I feel like I'm just this milk machine or whatever. Like I. The breastfeeding was fine. Like I thought it was super cool and I did it as long as I chose to do it. And I had my little cooler and like my little kit. And obviously if it's your tour, like you can do whatever you want. I wasn't like behold. I wasn't like I worked in an office or something, but mentally you're just different and your priorities are different. And there is a softening also that happens. Like I'm not a mean person or anything, but there's, you kind of get nervous. You're like, what am I going to become? And you, you have to just trust a process and trust like, okay, I got myself here there. I understand mind, body, and soul, how women just stop pursuing their dreams after they have a kid. Really? Because I mean, look at, uh, Jacinda, fuck, what's her last name? The prime minister of New Zealand. Like she was like, I don't have anything left in the tank. I get it. Really? Because you spend so much time thinking about this little baby and you cry and you're like, and not hysterical, not, and this is a, the thing that women, we always talk about like postpartum. I didn't have any postpartum depression, but. I can't imagine you having postpartum depression. <laughs> I can't imagine you having a therapist, to be honest with you. That's fair. That's very yeah. funny. But we all need, everybody needs, you know. I know, but I can see you being like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. You need to, we're going to pivot on this conversation. I, I feel like you're so, yeah. so in control. Right. That I can't imagine, I can't imagine what your therapist I always want to know what I don't know. And then like deep down, I'm like, I think I already knew that. I mean, it's good to have people to like bounce stuff off of. And that also requires having people that do exactly what you do that yeah. you can open up to without fear of judgment or jealousy. Like, you know, you have a couple people like that in your life. But I get how sometimes you're just like, I got to set this down because you when you want to be with this child. Yeah. And then you do it. And then 15 years later, like that kid's like, peace out. And you're like, I guess I'm ready to come back. And the world's like, well, we're done with you. All right, guys, let me take you two seconds to talk to you about the company I wish I had started. I swear to God, this could have been me. I was in therapy and I was working at Travel Channel and they said I needed a hobby. Okay. Everyone knows this. I got into leatherworking and then I made a fanny pack. And then I started going, man, I should make wallets and sell them at my shows. No need. The wallet I want is right here. These are the coolest wallets I've ever seen made of full grain leather right here in the U.S. Open Sea Leather Co. uses folds instead of seams to maximize durability, functionality, and aesthetics with this unique lines and angles. The Hobe 2.0 and the Hobe Mini holds four to ten cards. The larger Hobe 2.0 even fits full length cash with 18 different colors and thread options. You can create a design to fit your lifestyle. I'm telling you, I'm jealous. I, it's like I'm watching someone do the dream I had. Uh, this is a, a great guy. His name's Michael Bluth. He was overseas. He was studying man, Mandarin, working for the Navy. I think he's a vet. And then he just was like, fuck it. I want to make wallets. And, and I, man, I can't even tell you if that, that is a path I want. And these are gorgeous. Trash your overfed dad wall, but don't trade it in for one of those rigid pieces of aluminum and elastic bands. The near seamless design of the Hobe series feels amazing both in your hand and in your pocket. The Open Sea Leather is a small shop based out of Honolulu 
Hawaii, where they make each and every wallet by hand with over 1,000 five-star reviews. They guarantee you're going to love it or your money back. This is a mom-and-pop shop, okay? Support small businesses. There's no better feeling than pulling out your wallet and someone going, oh, nice wallet. Here's the deal. Use the code BIRTBIRT to save 15% at osleather.com. Not only will you love your new wallet, but you'll be supporting American-made goods and a veteran-owned business as well. Again, that's Burt Burt at checkout to save 15%. And as always, it will ship for free in the U.S. This podcast is sponsored by FitBod. Summer is right around the corner. Listen, I know you probably look at me and think, uh, I'm not trying to get in shape for the summer, but I am using FitBod to get in shape for the summer months. My New Year's resolutions, shit the bed. They I, So quickly, I went to Europe, and then I just fell apart. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I've seen little progress doing it on my own. But using FitBod keeps me motivated and working towards my goals. If you want to lose weight, FitBod's the way to go about it. You just pick a fitness goal, select your equipment, and FitBod will create a custom workout program for you. Whether you've been missing the gym all the time or hitting it a plateau, FitBod will build your workout plan individualized for you. The app switches up your exercises to avoid overtraining or burnout while keeping your workouts fresh and fun. I'm telling you, man, I'm on the road all the time. I'm never home. This is the best way to step up your fitness game. There is no better time to level up your fitness habit than right now. Try FitBod today. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Bert. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot me, M-E slash Bert. Oh, that's uh, Leanne. It wasn't 15 for Leanne, but it was... Or even 10, even just like... How long was has, how long's, uh, Leanne's podcast been going, Halston? Five years. So, I guess it was. Almost like it was 13 years for Leanne, and she just went. And Georgia was in... They were both in middle school, and she was like, so I have no purpose. I have no purpose. Right. The world doesn't need me. I don't I have no purpose. And I was like, I was like... Well, what do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know. I've I have been pursuing other people's dreams. I've been helping everyone pursue right. their own dreams, and now I don't know what I want to do. They're actually. I mean, I have just like somebody asked me the other day if I was gonna stop doing stand up, and I was like, wouldn't give them the satisfaction, like wouldn't stop. Like I, yeah. this is my heartbeat. I mean, obviously my daughter is, but like this is there's acting, there's writing, but like stand up. I love the craft of it so much. Yeah. I also, in a weird way, know how jealous people can get. And I'm like, I'm never going to stop just to make it, <laughs> like, just to upset you. Um, you can take a break from things, but, and you can become creative in other ways. But I get how women, I get how it becomes too much. Oh, yeah. And how heartbreak, I mean, thank God I did, I went to Iceland because when I went to Australia and New Zealand, I was prepared for how much I was going to miss her. Like, I just look at pictures of her on my phone. And what's even more fucked up is I will be in the same room with her and I'll go in the other room to look at pictures because, yeah. because it's a lot to deal with the kids sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, mentally, you're like oh, a different funny. person. That's really funny. Do you ever do that? Did that's your wife funny. ever do that? Uh, no, I was. I had a really hard time. I had a really hard time being present as a father when I was younger because I would, uh, and, I, and by the way, Leanne says I need to preface all this with I over emphasize things that I feel are that are maybe very small like I was a I will say this I was a great father I was 
But I would, I know for a fact that I would have a hard time being present and like reading a book. So I was like, I should be writing. I should be creating something. Yeah. I can't yes. be sitting here reading a fucking baby beluga to you because I'm not making sure that you get to go to college now. I, I feel that. I think that's real too. Like, I think it's not just about, I mean, just becoming a parent. Like we have all these, and that's a, a provider mentality. And that's yeah. what a dad does, you know? Well, dad and a, and a mom and Leanne. And a mom, but. Leanne, well, Leanne worked more than I did. She worked 40 hours a week. When I guess I'm just not faulting girls. you for feeling like, I feel Thank like a you. lot of men Thank probably you. feel that way. I felt that way hard. And of course you don't want to be a fucking loser that like can't provide for their kids, you know? Yeah. And, and I think about that too. So, I, but I will say this, what I don't subscribe to is guilt. Like I'm sad because she's not with me, but I never feel bad because I'm like, do you want to go to college? Like, do we want this house? There is, I don't believe in guilt. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Yeah. You do what you got to do. And this idea that you work so hard for this career, like I'm not setting this down. No, 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 no. That's, that's fucking foolish. If you can't, and not everybody, I get, all I'm saying is I get how w women are like, I really do need to stay at home. Like even coming today, I was like, am I a little hungover from last night? Yes. But even coming today, yeah. I was like, I was like, Bert would be cool if I canceled. Like he's cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's when you're home and you're so cozy with them and you're singing old McDonald for the 400th time, they're just like, oh, I don't want to get in the car. Like I could see how you want to. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, my thing was, uh, my thing was leaving, especially when there were babies. Yeah. Leaving was so fucking hard. The physical, I will say this, the anticipation of leaving and the moment you leave, but the second you're out the door, it's not as hard and then it creeps in later. It's oh. like jumping out of a plane. Well, so we used to do this thing uh, where- Par With a parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we used to do this thing where um, the girls would come out, um, we're big, uh, loud, we're, we've always been a loud family. <laughs> so the girls would come outside and and uh and they would say goodbye to me and i would get in the car and i'd tell the guy drive no matter what just drive and i'd roll the window down i go i love you and then they go i love you and he'd keep driving i go i love you and he go i love you and then i go i love you and they go i love you we would be on the corner of and they'd be standing at that house so going scary. i love you your neighbors are like it is 4 a.m yeah and so so the, and i remember i remember at times being in the back of a car, putting on sunglasses, crying, going like, I don't want to fucking leave. I want to yeah. fucking hang out. I want to do everything they're doing. It seems so fun. By the way, I wasn't making a ton of money at the time. So it wasn't like I was like, wasn't like I was like, oh, I got to make hay while the sun shines. I was yeah. like, no, it's fucking $3,000 and it's Columbus. <sighs> fucking. Yeah. You know, and. and it all, It's weird. Even. It's like these, all these things can matter. And in different moments, they can matter, you know, more like I induced because I needed to honor the ticket sales for all of these shows and not. In, and I don't care what people think about that. So I we induced because I was opening for David Tell. Oh, wow. <laughs> can you tell? Is that not fucking crazy? Yeah, that's actually crazier. I had David Tell, Louis C.K. and and Daniel Tosh. Wow. Back to back to back. And I was opening and your for wife my, was like, sure. And, and I needed need the money. I needed the money. because It was seven hundred dollars a weekend. Uh, I was featuring, and my dad had given me Sky Miles to pay for the flights. Wow. So I was going to get $2,100, which was going to help. Yeah. And so we induced June 6th. Wow. Yeah. That's even more of a commitment because that's her doing June it for 7th. you. What day was George born? You got to get that right. Remember when we couldn't remember how old you were? Yes. <laughs> uh, I still don't know how old you are. I'm 50 now. Okay. I'm 50. 
And I, it's funny when you watch the Molly Shannon thing, you're like, 50, I'm 50, like, yeah. I'm 50, and I can stretch, kick ass. You're like, stretch. I can ice plunge, and I can have someone yeah, monitor my food. Christ. I benched 225 five times, Molly. Like, how, what, how funny was 50 at that time? I can't so imagine funny. being a 50-year-old then and being like, I'm not that fucking old. Yeah, it's for especially for women, it's just this constant. I don't really know what a 50-year-old, I don't know what a 40-year-old looks like, because in L.A., like, I, there's this, like, nebulous age between, like, 20 and 50 that everyone just kind of is. <sighs> And I, yeah. I don't know what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. Like, do I wear too many baseball hats and shirts with skulls on them for a 40 year old? Like, I don't know. I think in LA, it's like, it's just a different. Oh, we look younger on the outside, but on the inside we're rotting. Oh, all I hang out is with 50 year old women when I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. But I don't, my friends are all over the place. I feel like. You still have friends in Dallas? In Dallas? Or no. Texas. Where did you grow up in Texas? I'm from Texas. Uh, yeah. I think I have like some high school friends that still live there, but we don't like. No, you don't. My best friend lives in Austin and I, I grew up with her. But that's the other thing. Like I, I, you do a podcast with Tom and he's one of your best friends. But like who has time if you're successful for like a ton of friend hangs? Uh, that's crazy you say that because. You're like, because I do. No, no, no. Well, I just spent. I just spent. I, I incorporate it into my touring. So, like, there's dudes I really, I, I, I just get a real kick out of. Yeah. And, uh, like, and like uh, Shane Gillis and Mark Norman, I, uh, we, did the, we did the four shows in Tempe. And so they, uh, like, I like those guys. I tour, I, everyone that's on my tour bus is, like, a legit friend. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, you but, wouldn't. But uh, when you talk about friends. Yeah. I had, a re- I had a really hard time making friends. I had a, I had a relationship go south. Uh, with a, a comic that I was I was working with, and it and I said I don't need friends. I don't need friends. I, I said the Jackie you said, who's got the time for it? I'm fucking busting my ass on Travel Channel. Yeah. I'm trying to tour. I got two kids. I got a wife. Those are my. That's my the, my my. That's group. my world. Yeah. And Rogan was the one that pulled me aside. He was like, Hey man, we're trying to be your friend. Like you just need to let us be your friend. Were you mean? No, I just was distant. He would be like, he'd call me and be like, Hey, we're come, we're at the ice house tonight. Come hang out. And I'd be right. Like, I'd be like, I'm good. And he'd be like, what? I'd be like, I'm good. I'm going to stay home. And he'd be like, huh? He was like, come to a spot. And I was like, okay. And I'd do a spot and I'd leave. And yeah. he'd be like, he'd be like, hey, what, like, why don't you come and do the podcast and hang out with the podcast? And I uh, and I just was distant. I didn't trust anyone. And, and Joe came over with a shot of Jack Daniels for each of us and and each of Heineken. And he was like, uh, he was like, hey, man, it's okay to have, you can have friends. Like, right. We're, we're trying to be your friend right now and you're not letting us. Right. And I was like, okay. And he was like, so when we call and say, hey, do you want to do something? I wouldn't answer my phone. That was another one. I just never answered my phone. So if I saw a call, I just sent it to voice. But I never answered my phone. And this is back before texting was as big as it is. Yeah. And um, and then I and then I, I started realizing it's super vulnerable. I tried to write a joke about it. It's easier to put your dick in someone that you don't know than to say, hey, would you like to be my friend? Sure. It's so much more intimate to try to make a friendship. Because when you put your dick in someone, even if they say no, you can still get what you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like I'm talking about adult, because every adult thinks this. It is hard to make friends. But I guess I just, I I think like the more I do and the, and the more things that I create and the more I go on, it's not about not wanting those friends. Like I'm very open to making those new friends. But like I don't have the bandwidth for friendship in the way that I did when I was younger because you have a spouse now yeah. you have a full career you have a kid 
And so sometimes I'll get texts from friends and like, these are really nice people, but you're like, I don't have the bandwidth to just keep writing back like hearts and emojis. Yeah. And I'm a big, like, if you want to hang out with me, you got to come to these sets and then we can go eat after. Yeah. I remember that's how, that's how you dated. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, but well, I'm going to do a spot at the store. But by the way, I, remember, I think, was it your husband who you brought to the store and was like, uh, I was sitting in the back with, and, and he was like, uh, this marijuana, is this just... Is this just out? Is this just out? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I was like, take some. And he's like, okay. I go, Eliza's got a bag of it it's yeah. for you. And he was like, for real? Like, I remember just him sitting in there. You were doing a spot. He he's just sitting in the green room. Loved it. When we first started dating, and he'll come, he might come tonight. Like, I think I might be the only person who's like spouse still will come to a show. Yeah. And he doesn't, I mean, he's seen this stuff, but like, he gets to see like, Mark Maron, like he gets to see the comics that he actually likes, yeah. and he's friends with them now. And he likes like, Mark Maron, huh? He does enjoy Mark Maron. Yes, yes. Mark's an elegant man. I didn't see that coming. Mark's got a new special on HBO. That's fucking awesome. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but it was. I think it's very cool. And he like the comics know him, and it's a fun hang. But even my friends that come, I'm like, yo, this is a dope deal. You get free drinks. You get to watch some great comedy. The comics in the world. We get to walk in. And like, we don't have to wait in line. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's a fun hang. And then we do stuff. Um, or if I'm going to know, we have to like plan it way out in advance, but it's not. But you also, you know what you have coming to you that you don't know about yet? All the, all the, pa all the friends I'm going to oh, make for my gonna kids. it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. You're going to have so much fucking fun. Because what I'm you, pumped. what you don't realize is like, I remember when my sister, um, when my sister got pregnant, someone else. Sorry. Oh, it's, Sorry. It's you John made the Mance. mistake of walking into a room. She doesn't like that. She doesn't like that you stood up. Manzi, just, uh, do you need something? Sorry. Tempo. It's okay. Come here. Come here. You're okay. People are allowed to exist around you. She's my life with this dog. And there are some people she just can't get used to. I have not been able to sleep past 7 a.m. because she always lets me know that the nanny and the baby are awake. And I'm uh, like, I know. I had a meltdown with my dogs today. I was trying to meditate. <laughs> It's on my Instagram. I hate when I do melt. I hate when I show like real, real emotion on my Instagram. But I was trying to meditate, and I was in a fucking. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. By my day, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do the calm app and sit in my backyard and meditate. And fucking two of my two of what my our old dog Mona just sat in the backyard barking because she couldn't get up the stairs. And then uh, Pris uh, Priscilla, ooh, Mac and Izzy, who are both 150 pounds. I'm sorry. See, started, awful. no, no, it's fine. Started wrestling onto me. They yeah, three hundred pounds. You're like trying to dog. meditate. Yeah, and I'm trying to meditate. And I go, who the fuck can meditate? Like, who has time? I really was like, who the fuck has time to literally sit and go? I'm gonna take 15 minutes for myself. I was like, I don't get it. Uh, hold on, it's what was hard. I saying right before? You're talking that, about though? kids and parents and how oh. fun that is. My, like, you'll know. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, making f a friend group as parents. Because uh, we had a friend group, we still do. We're still very close with them. It's called the Campers, and we um, we just it was all moms that were in that were doing uh, doing um, what's it called uh, Girl Scout stuff, and they introduced all the dads, and all the dads clicked, and it was right when ma marijuana started becoming easier to get, so and go. we all went on a camping trip with our kids, and yeah. the kids had a blast, and they and we all ate edibles and drank and partied yeah. and had a fucking epic time, and. We all of a sudden we bonded and we all started uh, getting a kick out of each other. And it was the funnest time of having a child. That's what all the parents that I on my block, we live in like a very family oriented neighborhood. They all say that. 
I'm it's a, so funny. I, I picture you living in a just off Melrose in a white uh, <laughs> two story modern house. I have that vibe, and I did live in a house. I think I think it might have been from your Instagram. I lived in a house like that in Laurel Canyon. It was like a total cocaine house. I saw it and I was like, I have to live in this house. I have to live in this house. Yeah. And it was like, it was one, two, it was three stories, all glass. Like it had a wine room, but it was just for show because it was all glass. I'm like, your wine's going to get very hot. Yeah. Uh, it was bullshit. <laughs> and it was, we sold it to some like Chinese Bitcoin guy, but it was like when we decided we were going to have a family, I was like, we can't have a family yeah. in this house. This is ridiculous. But I had to live in it because it had a fucking sick view of the city. We had dope parties. One time I did mushrooms and came home. Um, I was I did them with Jody Miller and I thought they had worn off and we're in the car and I drive home and I'm like, wow, Nicki Minaj's Super Bass is such a good song. I'm like, yeah. I had my leg out the window. I'm like, I'm feeling so good. Didn't realize I was still high. Got home, turned on Vanilla Fudge. You know that keep, that Keep Me Hanging On song? No. Yeah. Spend my life, why don't you, baby? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The original. I turned it up on our TV and I just sat there like the RC. You know that guy? What is it? RCA, the guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sat there listening to it with the, with our windows open to the canyon. And I had it on repeat for like 15 minutes just full, by myself. Yeah. And I went over to my neighbor's house the next day and she was just like, who? I saw all these messages on the board about somebody blasting vanilla fudge and it was just resonating through the canyon. It was like shaking our windows. Do you know? I was like, I don't know who would do that. Yeah. Who would be so irresponsible? Uh, anyways, that's what that house was for. You're such an interesting person. I, I like ha having seen my daughters grow up and knowing their friends. I wish I had, I wish I had gotten to see what kind of like teenager you were. I was very cool. No. Were you? Uh, I don't know. I think um, were you did, were you were you a mean girl? No, um, I went to a very small private school, so it's not the same like tropes as like yeah. you know like the football players and the whatever. Like you could kind of do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, and I was always funny. Um, I was always aware of it's 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 such a mind fuck being in comedy because it's the only job where like being attractive is seen as like a total negative. It was a big negative for you. And I remember, I remember when I remember when you first hit the scene. Mm. I, I remember, I remember the the pushback, like of like, fucking hot chick, right? Yeah, and then and then watching you do stand up for the first time Aww. at the Dallas Improv, Addison Improv with me, and I was like, oh shit, she's fucking really good. Thank you. And you were really young at the time. I appreciate that. Yeah, I thank you for the young comment. No young and no, comedy. I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> like you were, we were once young. Thank you so much. Um. But, and, you know, people will hear this and they'll get very upset about it and whatever. But here's the truth. If you don't grow up as like the hot girl, I always had a high self-esteem because I was funny. So you always know oh, that's so who the funny. idiot, you know? Yeah. And so I wasn't like this ugly fucking loser, but like, especially somewhere like Dallas, Texas, like there are the hot girls and then there are the ugly dorks and then there's you. And... So like I have, you know, I had a boyfriend in, in high school, but like there was always the boy you couldn't have. And I'm sure every girl feels this way, but like there were girls who like every guy thought they, that girl was hot. And that was yeah. never me. And so I just lived my life, went to college, whatever. But like circumstantially hot is a thing. So like hot for a comic. By the way, now almost every girl that does comedy is very pretty. Like it's just because normal people just do it. You don't have to be yeah. a fucking freak. And even when I started, I actually sent that's Trish. Accurate. That's actually, uh, it's very accurate. Yeah. it's and by There the, are so many pretty chicks, pretty women in comedy. And there's, so, and there's, and 
because it's just this ubiquitous thing. So many people do it now. There's so much more access to it. Yeah. I sent a DM to Trish Sir. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. She's a cop. She's been around forever, and she's like from the south, and she's and she was she's older than you me. You can pull but her up, Halston, as you do that. Keep going. I sent her a DM recently, um, because I saw that she followed me, and so I sent it on Valentine's Day. I was like, I just I've never talked to you, but I want you to know that when I was like 22 or 23, 23 24. Uh, none of these images are good. Oh, sir. S-U-H-R. Yeah, you got it. You know her? She's like a TV personality. Like she's, you know, I saw her on stage at the improv with a comic named Rebecca Corey. I know Rebecca Corey very well. And I don't know these women that well, but I remember this is before the world made it very clear to me that like, I never heard that women weren't funny. My parents never said it. No one around me. Very funny. And I saw her do a joke, and I remember Rebecca Corey's joke, and I saw Trisha, they were on the show. And I don't know if I was on the show or I was just there, but I was very young. And I remember seeing like these attractive women, and I didn't think about it in terms of gender. I never have. And I didn't think about it like, oh, hot, not hot. But I remember, I, I wrote this to Trish. I was like, I remember seeing you, and you were blonde, and you were from the South, and you were funny, just like me, even though she's from Kentucky, so it's yeah. a different South. And I'm Jewish. But I remember thinking like, through, and I, I go, I always kept you in the back of my mind because all the times they'd say, like, you can't exist. I'd be like, but Trish Sir exists. So therefore I can. Yeah. And what the fuck was the point of that? The point is. The, the, I mean, there's so many more hot chicks in comedy. No, but there now. was another point about uh, the attractive thing. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, oh, yeah. Mean girl. You asked me about it. So I've always been aware. I think there is a power in knowing, like, it's okay as a girl to be like, I'm not the hottest girl. And people are like, no, you're beautiful. I'm like, I didn't say that. I just said, I'm not like Megan Fox hot. Like, it's okay to know your limits. Yeah. It's okay to know you're like a strong eight. <laughs> yeah, no, what's interesting about that is I, I was taught, I was talking to fucking, I was talking to Anna Ferris. <laughs> okay. Just edit her name out. Okay. And she was saying the problem with my husband mm. Is that he was a fat kid growing up. Yeah. And so he'll always be a fat kid. Yes. And for the rest, his all, he'll always be the fat kid. And it's so funny. I was never the fat kid. I was always cool. I was right. always in good shape. I was always extremely athletic. So even as I've gained weight, I've she never. She went to FSU, right? Uh, who, me? Didn't, did I make that up? I don't Not know. FSU. Google it. Oh, I'd love it if she did. No, you. Oh, oh, I'd love it if I did too. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, I thought you went. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, uh, it's like part, I was like, like wait, how did she go to FSU and I didn't meet her? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Bang her. So, uh, but so I was, I, I never, even as a fat person now, I don't see myself as fat. I've seen myself as like, I actually see myself as fairly muscular, which is insane because whatever he got that fucked him up, yeah. I got the opposite of right. it. So I got this insane confidence that doesn't, yes. isn't real. I have that. I have that. I have a man's confidence. You have a man's confidence. And women which, get... Which can really suck on the internet. It can, but honestly, I just kind of don't look. And I've had enough of that garbage over the years where I'm just like, this is all like chit-chat. And I, at the end of the day, I show. Like, I don't just yeah. talk about stuff. Everybody who wants to like flex and say bullshit on the internet, I'm like, or make a meme or rip off your joke. I'm like, at the end of the day, I stand up in front of thousands of people and I say what I mean. You hide behind a fucking avatar. Yeah. So like, that's it. Um, But... What was the whole point? I'm just curious of like what you were like because I know girls. Yeah. Like Georgia has friends where I go, um, I go, I hope that that doesn't get shaken out of her. Mm, yeah. She's got one friend, Daisy, who I, I, there's a group of friends, but one friend, Daisy, makes me giggle, makes all of us giggle hard as fuck. She is just funny. She is so funny. She is so funny. She said one time, this is the hardest, one of the hardest I've ever laughed around Georgia and her friends. 
she was she brought we were, I was, we were talking about breakups and i said oh i had a bad breakup i tell this girl's my bad breakup and she goes oh i had a bad breakup i said really and she goes yeah uh i went he was my covid boyfriend and i went over and uh i went to break up with him and as i broke up with him he looked at me and he went for real daisy on my dog's birthday <laughs> and i could not stop laughing at it and i went oh i wanted to be like can i transport you into your into your 30s yeah i don't want the world to do i don't yeah. want college to fuck you up i don't want people to say yeah. oh this isn't the girl that's valuable because she's goofy she's just goofy i think i think we are very good in our society of like beating things out of women like in terms of literally but also uh aspirationally or having like zest or like an attitude or whatever but there's enough we have such a contempt for it and that contempt remains because those women choose to stay that way. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't think that if there weren't women out there that had told me that I've always, because I always had comedy, part of comedy is thinking like, you know, better than most people. Like you have to be intelligent to be funny uh, on you some level. You, you have to be, uh, I wouldn't say smarter than the room, but you got to know that you, I know, you know I, what I've, they're going to say. I, 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 I have said this to audiences. I know you better than you know yourself when it exactly. comes to comedy. Yeah. I know what you're going to like. I actually know what you're not going to like. And yeah. I, and right now when I go, I'm not going to say it. Trust me that I know that what I think is funny. It's a di it's different than you. Yes. It's like, uh, it's like a cheese connoisseur. Yeah. Like you're just like, but not even because that's learned and this is in your bones. Yeah. Like you learn this, but like it is, I always try to tell people like it is e extremely metaphysical. Like when you're up there, it's not about just telling the joke. Like there is an energy that you have in the palm of your hand and you are like conducting that. And I am yeah. deciding when to bring it up and when to bring it down. And it is poetic and musical. And there's like a math to it that you either get or you don't. Mm -hmm. And you can polish it. But like we've seen plenty of comics that have done it for years. I'm like, you either get it or you don't in your bones. That's the difference between someone like us versus like your funniest friend. You yeah. Know? And there's your funniest friends like, I've always I have a buddy who's the funniest dude in the world and he's like if you could get me on stage and get me started I could really murder but that's the thing yeah you're like that's the catch buddy you got to start it yourself you're like, you want me to do the work for you you want me to open for you <laughs> yeah you want me to just get them going and then be like yeah. and then he just steps in and says a couple words couple and funny then I, right. I slowly disappear off stage I go yeah we all could do that that's the difference between the talent and the craft yeah you know like anyone can tell a joke but to answer your question I was never mean ever I also, the more I do interviews like this and the more I talk to other comics, the more I realize a lot of people have a lot of perceptions about who I am. Not necessarily bad, but like I represent a different version of me. Just the feedback I get versus what I actually am is always a very different thing. What do you mean? Like people like somebody the other day, like I have an assistant and I said something, I was like, by the way, like I was like, you know, let's talk this out. I, I definitely want you to have a nice working environment. Like I would never like fire you for fun. She was like, oh, I feel like you would. And I was like, I think when women are strong or like blunt or whatever, with that comes all the other assumptions about archetypes of women like that. Yeah. Even if you've given them no, it's kind of like racial profiling. Like even if I've given you no indication that I am that, you sort of bear the weight of other types of women. You know, like, well, she must be this and this because... All these other women are kind of like that. But also, but also you put out you put out little flares of who you are mm -hmm. and people read that. Like yeah. I, my problem is sincerely, and I've said um, it's been an it's been an actual issue, is everyone kind of rolls their eyes at me on my team. But like everyone's just like, okay, all right, we get it. You know, like because Leanne does that. And so that comes out. And so 
what it what it 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 mounted to was people finishing my sentences for me. I'm sorry. That's so that's so rude. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, what? Wait, what? Did people finish my sentences? That, but that my like, why did oh, I, don't care. I thought? No, no I it's don't. not right. I don't care. Who was it? Is it your daughter? It's my mom. <laughs> it's your mom. But like, people were finishing my sentences a lot. Yeah. And and Leanne was doing it. Uh, everyone was doing it. And at a certain point, I said, everyone needs to fucking stop. Like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not. I'm the one that created this in this business. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's allowed to laugh, Captain. Stop. I think, guys. I think. I can't imagine guys not falling in love with you immediately. I think there's two kinds of men. Okay. There are the ones that fall in love immediately, and then there are the guys that are wrong. You know? So <laughs> yeah. I think some men are hardwired. Like you either find someone who's I'm not like a ball buster. Like I'm funny and I I don't You're quicker. You're you quick. you remind me of my little sister, Cotty. Yeah. Who I get that a lot. You've got little sister energy. <laughs> and my sister is just fucking fast. Right. It is it I am and it is tricky. I have married someone who is not as fast but definitely smarter than me. Yeah. So like the other like he says stuff sometimes. He's so fucking funny but like is not known for that. I was like, "Noah, I feel like secretly like I'm a really good singer." And Noah just goes doesn't blink goes the secret dies with you. <laughs> like <laughs> little things that aren't humbling but like yeah. keep you in check. Um the, the fast thing is tricky. It's funny that you say the thing about finishing sentences because Hunter Hill, who is very funny and opens for me and uh, is also a dad. Our kids are about a month apart. Oh, really? So we kind of went through it at the same time. Um, my What I love doing is when we are together in a city and someone will be like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Hill, are you checking? I'm like, we're not together. Like, I, I love telling people. I do that all the time. Yeah. I was with uh, my social media manager, Victoria, and we were sitting there. He's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. He's like, he's a big dude. He is a plus size model. He's a dad. And he is a plus size model. He is. He actually, like that picture actually is from a real photo shoot. Like it's yeah. a, a, but he's, um, and he's very funny and sensitive. What the fuck was the point? Oh yeah. He finishes my sentences. And I, there is that thing where we are together. So like in my life, there are three men. And if you see me with one of these three men, it's either my publicist, Greg, my husband, Noah, or my opener, Hunter. And some people probably think Hunter's my husband or something. And we are together so often that he kind of can read my mind. But we were in the airport the other day and I wasn't paying attention and I followed him toward the gate and he got it wrong. And I deducted so many points from his page. I was just like, you are tall. People will automatically follow you and you cannot take that lightly. Yeah. And he was like, I'm sorry. And then he got it wrong when he finished my sentence and I bark at him. <laughs> Oh my God. When he gets it wrong because I'm impersonating him because he's like uh, like a sheepdog. Like it's like his job is to like take care of his wife and his baby. And I'm like, yeah. I don't need hurting. Like do <laughs> yeah. not like encircle me. Do not finish the sentence. Yeah. They're fucking back. I thought we lost them forever. You want to talk about a cool ass fucking brand? A cool ass fucking brand? Mad Rabbit. Mad Rabbit makes a tattoo balm. Now I say tattoo weird. I know it's up in the, up for debate whether or not I do it by choice or by habit or by both. And this company, I thought we lost them forever. You want to talk about a company that gets it? They just hit us up and they're like, all right, we're back. We want to work with you, but you got to mention that you're saying this word fucked up. I am saying this word fucked up. Mad Rabbit is badass. And I'm telling you right now, I love this product because Leanne's got dry ass fucking feet. And Leanne's got a tattoo right here on her ankle. And, uh, and it's a sunrise, and I rub this on it, and it makes it look brand new. Mad Rabbit 
is committed to reinventing Tattoo Aftercare. Founded by two friends with a passion for ink, Mad Rabbit creates simple, effective, and natural products that help improve the healing process and preserve tattoos. Their hero product, the Tattoo Balm, uh, I think I said it right there, revitalizes, replenishes, and proactively prefers tattoo ink. It's effective both for on both new and old tattoos and all skin types. And when Mad Rabbit says natural ingredients, they mean natural ingredients. The balm has eight ingredients, shea butter, cocoa butter, beeswax, calendula, a sweet almond, lavender, frankincense, and cucumber. That's it. So forget the days of ingredients that you don't know how to read or can't pronounce. With Mad Rabbit, you know that what you're putting on your body is truly all natural. Plus, they've got all the products you need for your tattoos from a tattoo sunscreen, a soothing gel, and more. And in April 2021, just two years into Mad Rabbit's existence, they became a carbon-neutral company because they believe in leaving the world a better place than they started it. So when you think tattoo care, think Mad Rabbit. They've preserved over 1.5 million tattoos, and right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for BirdCast listeners. If you go to madrabbit.com slash BirdCast and use the promo code BirdCast, you'll receive 25% off. That's 25% off when you head to madrabbit.com slash BirdCast and use our promo code BirdCast. I get a lot of people thinking, but I think it's the same thing where you people look at you and they go, oh, she just fired you just for fun. I think people think for whatever reason, okay, it's Bert. It's fine. We're going to be fine. It's, he's he, toothless. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's an right. idiot. Like, and so that happens for me a lot where I go, where I get really frustrated and I, and I feel like I don't, I feel like I go, are you, are you, are you surmising this from what, the way I'm talking on stage or mm. is, what am I putting out? You are shirtless. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. so there's that. It's, you said something to, you said a compliment about me one time. Uh, I think you did. <laughs> and you said he's not here on accident. Right. You, someone said something about me. I think you were talking to Rogan about me and you said, he's not here on accident. You don't get here on accident. Right. You you have to work for it and you have to be pretty smart to get to where yeah, you are. Yeah, this isn't like, duh, I fell up, my friends were famous, so I got famous. And yeah, it's well, like. Well, hold on. It's pretty close to what happened. But <laughs> it's not about how you got there. It's what you did with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. you monetized it and it doesn't like Jimmy Carr, like going back to that, like it doesn't, we don't have to tell, the, we don't have to do the same kind of art for me to like fully respect and appreciate the work that goes into that. Yeah. Any movie star, any singer, anybody that you don't like, if you're hearing about them, like they, even if, even if you think they suck, like an influencer, YouTuber, like if you have a following, like you still put in the work. Yeah. And it may not be work that you respect or that you like. That's not the case with you. I'm just saying, I know because I do what you do, because we both do stand up, like the amount that you have to be on top of, like you fly those eight people, but like you're not. They're not making your tour videos and you're like, yeah, just post whatever. Like you are overseeing that. Yeah. And it's fucking exhausting. Like it, it when someone exhausting. sends me a Dropbox link, like I want I I want to vomit. Like it's so much. It's it, it is the most annoying thing in the world when you get a Dropbox link. You're like, I just send me the fucking Because it's not user friendly, by the way, Dropbox, if you're a sponsor, which you probably are. I'm not. Not I hope never. No, I I, I would never. There's a oh, don't even get me started on Slack. Oh, that's like for offices. I've never I, yeah, we, we have Slack in this office. And the other day, I, 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 I almost, I almost threw my room, my phone across the fucking street. My, I was riding my bike down here, my electric bike, and it died, and the chain fell off, 
and I said, hey guys, I need to get picked up on the corner of dot, 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 and dot, dot, dot. I am, um, my bike uh, died. And I thought the response came back on Slack. And I was like, if you just fucking slacked me on this fucking urgency. We have a podcast coming here in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, motherfucker, if I got Slack, but it wasn't a Slack, they called and they were like, oh, we'll be there in two seconds. Wait, why can't, you can't pedal an electric bike? This one, the chain fell off. But, oh, the chain fell off. Yeah, got the it. chain okay, fell sorry. off. I, fe- I heard it go, chink, chink. And I went, motherfucker. And then it just zoom, died. Like Mitch Hedberg's joke about how like an elevator escalator was like temporarily, temporarily out of service, like temporarily stairs. Yeah. Okay, but your chain fell off. We could edit out all of that. No, 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 no. Keep it in. It's the beauty of you. But I, I it is the beauty of, of, but I think, um, I think a lot about as an artist, you know, so, you know, you don't talk about politics, uh, because there is that thing where like you put out there, once you've put something out there, political opinion, any sort of art, it's no longer yours. And the perception of you, no one will ever perceive you the way you perceive yourself. And it becomes obfuscated. And then they return it to you like energy wise. Like, so they see you do a show and you take off your shirt. Then he's like, oh, Bert's party guy. He's an idiot. And then they think of you as that. And you're like, but like, they don't realize the method behind it. And I think with women in particular, I'm always checking myself. If I think something negative about someone based off nothing they've done, I'm like, is that just, am I informing that? Am I filling in the holes of that archetype based on other things? Is it from my own insecurity? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's always from my, I've I've worked really hard. My insecurity is always self-reflective. 100%. It, It comes back to how I feel about myself. I have, I've been very lucky and I don't know how I dodge this. Because I am competitive. I'm very competitive with sports. With anything like that, I'm very competitive. Like to the point where I have to I have to check myself with sports and anything like. That you're like, playing or that you're watching? That I'm playing. I don't give a oh. fuck about watching anything. What are you playing? Uh, like if uh, uh, Tennis with Tom or, or okay. Sober October was a big one. Because we'd all do these. And I would get so competitive that I, I didn't enjoy it. For whatever reason, I never caught that in stand-up. I never, I, I always felt, I always feel like everyone's older than me. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not, I feel like they're, they're just more senior at everything than me. So I always look up to everyone. Someone said to me the other day, you um, talk so glowingly about everyone else around you. It's like, it's like you don't, like you don't respect yourself. And I went, no, 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 no. Who I hang that's up. the dumbest thing I've ever so, heard. That was something to the effect of that. And I said, no, I hang, I hang out with people better than me. Uh, everyone's better than me. Everyone I have, they, they, you defer in so much that all your friends are these great comics and you're nothing. Is that how you feel about yourself? I went, no, actually, they are. They are. They're the greatest comics in the world and I am lucky to be around them and I only hang out with fucking gangsters. I only hang out with the best comics. But they wouldn't be hanging out with you if they didn't respect you. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, what, what, what fucking comic just hangs out with a bunch of fucking suck-ups? Oh, there's, I could name a few. I could name plenty. I give me a snack. There's a yeah yeah. Oh, you can take as many pictures of her as you want, and you can hold her. She's sweet baby. Notice how she puts herself the wall behind her, so no one can sneak up on her. Um, this is a this is the hardest question you'll ever get asked on a podcast. How? I'm sorry. You, oh, it's a perfect time. You, you to, literally can't look at her. <laughs> how does your current dog compare? Yeah. To Blanche? Yeah. Did you not remember Blanche's no, name? No, I okay. knew Blanche's name. I love that you... I, I, I was one of the... I, I actually waited after Blanche passed. Chip. 
We have chips. We have Cliff Bars. We have Girl Scout cookies. Oh, we have we have okay. we have we have Uncrustables. No, that's all garbage. I'm okay. Thank you though. What, do you, what are you is, looking for? Cliff I don't know. Bars. This is like, this is a man trying to feed a woman? I'm like, I don't know. Guess <laughs> something fun. We have a side I'm okay. salad. Um, I don't know where that's from. Because we we had to, we had to put down Priscilla. Priscilla was our bull mastiff. Yeah. And we got a new one, Mac. And there's and it's so amazing that you. It's so hard for the new dog to ever be as good as the old dog. I love that you asked that because I actually thought you were going to ask like, how is the dog getting along with the baby? And I'm like, I never even thought about it. They're fine. In I don't fact, know how they'd even interact unless the dog got up on the table. <laughs> when the the, the the baby walks. And so at 13. Oh, yeah. 13. Yeah. She's been walking. She's Georgia broke her arm at 13. At, at my months. daughter had a fracture in her leg. Ah. I don't know how. And then we went into the doctor and I said, I feel like a horrible dad. And he goes, uh, my kid just fractured his skull. Yeah. And I went, really? And he goes, standing in the shopping cart. And I go, standing in the shopping cart. Exactly. He goes, He's like, I, I know. Pediatrician. I know. Yeah. Uh, they <laughs> walk in the room and my husband will be like, it's the world's tiniest parade. Like they just follow each other around. Um, I don't compare her and Blanche. Because it's not like Blanche was like a person, like everybody knew Blanche. Like yeah. she also was part of my life through being single, through traveling, through starting my career. Like she served that purpose. And I always look at when an animal dies, the way I look at it is if you look at your life in retrospect, that dog, that cat, but that dog was there to get you through something. Yeah. So Blanche got me through that. It's not like it was bad. Like it was just growing up. Yeah. Tianfu was my baby before my baby. Like I got to baby her when we were trying to get pregnant, when I was pregnant, like I got to, it's not, the, they're not the same, but she was so broken when we got her, she needed, and she doesn't, like she threw up in the car on the way here. Like I have a towel filled with vomit sitting in the front seat of my car with the window open in your driveway. She's not a road dog, which I learned very quickly. Oh, she's not. No, she, I brought her today because I was like, Maybe you need some special one-on-one -on -one time. And she immediately threw up in the car. She <laughs> sleeps in the closet when I'm not there. She needs more coddling. But that I was happy to give that to her because she got us through the pandemic. She got to be our baby. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. they're just very different. I kind of think of it like I think of myself as a man. I think of myself as an older man. And Blanche was the girl that I met in college. So I'll say to my kids, like, your mother and I met in college. We got our PhDs together. And she died, and this is my younger Asian wife. And while she'll never be your mother, she makes me happy. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that's because Jump was Chinese. Um, yeah, she's hiding under something right now. It's just a different vibe. It's funny that we had we got, when we had Priscilla, Izzy. We, we got Priscilla was getting old. We got Izzy, bull mastiff. Yeah, they were all bull mastiffs, and Izzy was annoying as fucking shit when Priscilla was alive, and then when Priscilla died. We got Mac, mm -hmm. who's a bigger version of Priscilla, first male dog we've ever, I've ever owned. We got Mac, and Izzy became the sweetest animal in the world. Yeah, and it's so interesting that compared against the two dogs, these two, right. two awesome dogs, this one dog had completely different personalities when accompanied by another dog. I think, I mean, people are the same way. Like I've been on sets where like, I am having the best time, we're riffing, and then you're on a set where you're not feeling like yourself and you don't feel funny. Yeah. And you're kind of quiet. Like you're not the best version of yourself around every single person. Yeah, I am. You know, Yeah. you are? Oh yeah. You, uh, you have that energy? Uh, well, so when I went and did this movie. <laughs> yeah, your own movie doesn't count as that. Of course no, 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 but I was, I said, I called Kale and I said, I'm going to, 
I think I'm gonna get. So, I'm gonna so, be sober for the entire the movie that I read for that I couldn't. The part I couldn't have. Were you cast an unknown Russian person? <laughs> that, that movie you're talking yeah, about. That movie, that movie, movie that I totally read. Yeah, okay. the, yeah. Uh, the uh, you know how much fun we would have on fucking set. Yeah, I do. That's why I asked to be in it. I had this relationship <laughs> with fucking legendary, and they're like, "Oh, we're making a movie with your friend." I'm like, "Let me read for it," and they're like, well, "We're not gonna give you the part." They wanted it to be uh, Eastern European. And was it? Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes me feel better. Yeah, versus yeah, yeah, like yeah. we oh. gave it to a girl from Burbank. I will tell you, I w- I, there's so much I can say about this uh, that I won't, but we read a lot of, we read a lot of Eastern European chicks. I, I guess there's something, there's a whole thing about someone trying to put on accents. What? I don't know. Why, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not British, you can't play a British person or something. Oh, like an appropriation thing? Yeah. I don't think it applies to white people. Uh, I think it does. No, I don't think it matters. I don't think those are the people being oppressed. Like, if you're not gay and you play a gay role, it's like a different thing. But yeah. I don't think it uh, counts if we're all from the Caucasus Mountains. Can I see, Can I tell you the joke I wrote as you were telling a story? Mm-hmm. You know, people go, I don't see color. I go, I don't see gender. Yeah. And they're like, so you just suck dude's dicks? Like, <laughs> I, go, I just suck every dick. Yeah, I go, I, yeah, I guess so. Like, you know, be like, I suck his dick. I suck her dick. <laughs> I suck her dick. I'm just sucking on dick. I sucked dick. Dave's dick last yeah. night. <laughs> totally. Um, I said to someone the other day, I've been, I've been wanting to do this joke forever. And slide it in. I've been wanting to do it. I did it perfectly. Isla's dyslexic. And someone's like, you know, there's a rumor that dot, 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 a comedian can't read. And I go, did you know uh, Tom Segura can't count? And they're like, what? I go, yeah, he can't count. He never learned how to count. And everyone went, wow. And everyone just kept going. And then one person, was, Shane Gillis, was like, hold on. So wait, when, wait, hold on. How did he never learn how to count? And I was like, I don't know. It just happened. And he was like, so when he sees things, he goes, five. <laughs> Nine. She just picks numbers. Yeah. And I go, I don't know. And he goes, hold on. Everyone stop. This isn't a thing. You got to, everyone knows how to count. And yeah. I was like, I am. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I, can I tell you what, what, I don't know if it bums me out, but I don't, um, it, it makes me feel, it's like, it makes me feel off when I see uh, uh, black dudes from the UK play <laughs> old Southern black dudes from America. Are you talking about a specific actor? I think so. Like, no, there was a movie like about Martin Luther King, and I think oh. a British dude played Martin Luther King. And I was like, that's oh, so... Oh, are you talking about... Um, hold on. I, I, Judas and the Black Messiah? Was that it? Yes. And that's not Martin Luther King. Uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. It, but it, it, it's, it just seems odd, because the... You're talking about Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, I think I'm actually talking about Martin Luther King, to be dead honest with you. Okay. I think you're talking about... Daniel Kaluuya and Jews and the Black Messiah because he's was, British. Was my buddy? My buddy's in the movie. I watched the movie. It was my buddy's movie. Okay, I don't know how good of friends you are if you don't know. No, uh, I'll tell you if I see. Him. I mean, this is what you're describing. It's it like is, okay, an this American is a, civil this is an example, rights. But it, it also, yeah, it also. Happens. Talking about Fred Hampton. No, no, I'm actually talking about the guy. I think you I could played, be, but yeah, okay. This is it is weird example. that what I described is exactly what you're talking about, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, maybe it's the same thing. The so, but like, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Do you go like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't care. But but there is a thing for an appropriation, like no, because that's no, that's not appropriation. It doesn't. But go they, it doesn't go backward. They don't flip it. Oh, it does. Exactly. John Cheadle played. A, that's like a there's no. Re- John Cheadle also played like an African person in Hotel Rwanda. It's not. Is that bad? No, because it's not a. Also, it was forever ago, and like we need to like let go. I mean, Eddie Murphy said faggot a lot. Like we yeah. need to move uh, on uh, from these a things. A little, a lot, a lot. Have you watched the beginning of Raw? Yeah. It is. I mean, it is like I I now think my parents are bad people how hard they were laughing at that fucking those jokes like i remember watching that i didn't know what those words were right. i was too young and my fucking family is oh 
they get AIDS. Like, it's just, right. they're going to die. They sit on the top of the car. Woo. <laughs> it is uh, nobody cares about contacts. The contacts of somehow retroactively art that you made 10, 15, 20 years ago is under like a modern day microscope. And it's like, cool, then everyone's canceled. But some, but some things really don't translate. Like we watched Grease yes. last night. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Danny gives her his school ring. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, I'm so glad that means you respect me. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and then he tries to sexually assault and then her. I, yeah, after hitting her in the boob with yeah. his hand. It's but like, it's just... A- your thing just just because i do i mean they're like there's no such thing as reverse racism when they talk about like you shouldn't play the role like if you're not that it's less about a bad impression or appropriation and more about marginalized people traditionally not having access to any roles that's what the whole thing is so like for example like there was this really great documentary um because i'm a mom i can't remember the name uh uh uh, disclosure so it's called with um but it was about the way trans people, like how they've always been in the industry, but it was always like, like in um, Ace Ventura, right? Like she becomes a man. That didn't age well. Right. I mean, the yeah, disclosure, there it is. It's about like how trans people were always maligned as like a serial killer, whatever. Ace Ventura. <laughs> find out. <laughs> She's transgendered and they all throw up. They throw up. That one's an I argument. Mean, that is, it is like a two-minute vomit scene. They're like, that I one's mean, a, an outlier because. By the way, he does. I think he'll when he pulls her skirt off, <laughs> and then he spins her around. He goes, "You see a lump of cock," and he's like, "Damn, damn, Marino's throwing up." It is fucking. But it's now it's so much funnier now than it was then because you're like, you definitely can't do that. Definitely can't do it. But also that one is an outlier. People will point that because oh. that person's not transgender. Like he was pretending to be a woman. She was. She was. Uh, Sean. I hope um, she never hears this, but she had like a notorious uh, 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 reputation for being out of her fucking mind. I think she knows that. Okay. I think she. I don't think I she hated knows. if she was a huge fan of mine. And then she was like, the only thing that gets me by right now. She's like, I didn't cast. know that I lost my, I didn't know people thought I was a nut, you know. Yeah. But anyways, the point is. We keep doing more of these, do more, because this makes me laugh. That one is not, that one, that one is not the same. But the point was. Revenge of the Nerds when he rapes her. He rapes her. He rapes her. And she's like, you, you feel the same as my boyfriend. I won't question this. Yeah. Uh, he straight up rapes her. And by the way, he's a virgin. Yeah. So it could have been, it was no way that was going to feel good. Anyways, the point is people always argue. They're like, oh, is that appropriation? It's more about a role that someone of that could be playing, like giving a Native American to a white person, like when there is a capable actor. I understand if you're going for star power and you don't have that. And sometimes actors are just better at whatever. But I get that. Like, I I get if I'm like a black actor, uh, I guess you can't play white if you're black, depending on who you are. But I get if I'm gay and I want these parts and I'm always being told I've got to play like someone who's super foppish or and they give the gay role to someone straight. So yeah. it's it's I think it's about access. You're right, you're right. And but the, and I I've heard I heard um have you seen Bros? I didn't see it. Fuck. But I Can heard I tell you, I'm dying to break this movie down with someone. Oh, I didn't see it. I'm it's, sorry. It's, but I did see uh was it Fire Island which was also like a super fun gay we, comedy we, with like Joel Kim Booster. Secret time, secret time. You know that they I think there were beef between those two gay communities. So that's the 
Okay, that's meaning the, meaning the, the people who made that movie and then Bros because the marketing of Bros was yeah. this is the first right, which is wrong rom com. And a, a lot of gay people were like, "That's really fucked up." Like, I don't. I'm not going to sit here with like a discography of like every gay movie, but I will say this as as a woman in comedy, there is this pressure on you when you do something to be like, "Well, she's the first woman to do this." Well, she's the woman that's doing this. Meanwhile, there are plenty of other people that have done that. Yeah. And there is this pressure to make it this special thing. And I think what happened with bros, like it, it didn't do that well. I haven't seen the movie, but then Billy Eichner wrote this whole thing, like getting angry at his community. And there was this op-ed piece. Stop it. You. I can't catch her. <laughs> there was this op-ed piece that, that I thought was super informed. And it was like, bros should be allowed to tank just like a straight comedy. Yeah. So when you are a minority or when you are a woman and your thing eats shit or your doesn't do well, you have to answer for all of your people and p other people attempting to do that have to answer for you. So, for example, when I was coming up, you know, if a woman in comedy, if she had something that didn't do well, I would have to be like, why do you think that was that she failed? And I'd be like, I don't know. We're not the same person. Huh. So there is this like weird responsibility. Like if you're a bad driver and you're Asian. That doesn't mean all Asian people are bad drivers. It's just it's just really unfortunate for you. Yeah, yeah and you're like, <laughs> well, you're like, hold on, I'm just a bad driver. Yeah. Don't let this speak for my community. Like if you, I always say this to women too, if you get up there and you eat shit, people will reinforce, they'll be like, yeah, women aren't funny. However, if you get up there on a lineup and you fucking murder, people are only going to remember you and not the six other dudes who look exactly the same on that lineup. And so it's this like, do yeah. you want to be a victim or do you want to be empowered about this? Uh, that Sarah Silverman quote of men are, I've said this now twice in this chair, men are complaining that they're not getting the same opportunities that they used to. No, we're just asking you to be exceptional. There you go. Because we had to be exceptional, so now you have to be exceptional. Yeah. So be exceptional. I did it. Yeah. See if you can do it. it ha I, she's totally right, yeah. and it happens day to day. Like, this is not about me, like, oh, woe is me, but, like, when I get upset about something, like, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder how they're going to perceive that versus if you were just like, yo, I need you guys to not fuck up again. Like you have funny. I, I, I didn't think bros was, I, we actually all watched it on the flight to Europe. I don't know if it was bad or good. I just know that it didn't do as well as they wanted. It didn't do as well as they wanted, That's but it. I think, I think, uh, but, but I don't know why, but I liked it. People didn't, I don't know. I don't think about the movie, but I do know that that piece that was written about it. If a movie like that fails, we cannot just say it's a gay thing. Like maybe it was like the better thing to do is to well, judge I'll, it on its content. I'll, I'll tell you this. That I, I can tell you that uh, there are probably scenes in that movie that make men uncomfortable. For sure. That that you would not see in a rom-com. But his criticism. We, we went back and forth going like, like I, so the first thing I said was, was there more sex scenes in that than a regular one? Right. Or am I noticing them because it's a dude because it's two fucking dudes. a dude in the ass you'd have to do like a bechdel test on that one but i well oh nice all I right we'll wrap this up. also i i will say oh my god this is my life you're nothing like blanche <laughs> that movie for whatever reason people didn't see it yeah. i remember at the time and i think billy eichner's very funny but his he had this thing he's like gay people didn't show up for it there, you're not under an obligation just because you are part of a community to blindly support something. Yeah, I didn't storm the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have. I mean, I feel like I let my people down, but I just, you know, it's like 
It's like, hey, I had other, other things to do that day. Comedian Burt Kreischer finally says something political. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's like, you know, you see this with women in comedy. Like, what, you know, so why don't you blindly support a woman? That's not feminism. And that's not equality. No, yeah. That's like saying you're black. You have to love all rappers. Like, that's bullshit. Because then you're not judging it on the content. And I've always been about that. So what I love, what, what's unfortunate is that when a movie that is for a marginalized people doesn't do well, people use it as this totem. Like, well, see, those don't do well. Ignoring all the ones that did do well. Yeah. And so that's what we have to get past is like you're allowed to not do as well and represent a group of people and you should still get another at bat. Like Battlefield Earth. Like just like Battlefield Earth. We should have more Scientology movies. I mean, yeah, I feel every like they time, have a whole library. Every time people bring up Scientology to me, it makes sense. Was it the <laughs> the master or <laughs> the master it? commander? Yeah. No, no, no. No, the West uh the PT Anderson one. Yeah. Not Wes Anderson. The What's master that about Scientology. The master. Yeah. I, I also saw Master and Commander, which I thought was a real story about James Cook. It's not. Is it's, there another story about James Cook that we're telling? Do you know James Cook couldn't swim? The guy that discovered Hawaii? I know. No, he discovered Australia. He oh he well no, he mapped Australia. Okay. He mapped Australia. I only know this because somebody pointed it out like two weeks ago on my he trip. He mapped Australia. He took his time and he mapped all oh. of Australia. He was great at mapping. As a matter of fact, James Cook also mapped the Delaware for the am i thinking of the wrong guy yep you are and no I'll i'm not okay. no i'm not i know i just i just watched a whole documentary on james so cook. he was a brilliant cartographer he was a brilliant cartographer but can i tell you a fact about james cook he, uh, oh i have uh, so many keep oh. going go go he couldn't count <laughs> that is a perfect way to end this podcast your book you have a book i brought you a copy the book came out a while ago um but you can still get it on amazon no, it's out of print. It was so popular. This is, I'm bringing you, no, you could definitely get it. P please get it from a local bookstore. I wrote you an inscription. I don't think you're going to read it, but you have it now. This is my book. Will you read the inscription? Yeah. <laughs> but then I want to talk to you about something else after the podcast. Okay. About oh, yeah. what? About what we were talking about, about yeah. Yeah, earlier? So, Bert, you can enjoy this with your shirt on or off. <laughs> Liza. I thought it was very personal. That's and I brought good. you chocolate from New Zealand. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Boy, I have another secret to tell you. Oh, man. There's so many secrets to catch up with. Okay. We have so short time. We should end this so we can talk, tell secrets. I feel like I always end by being like, I root for you. I love you. But I do. And now I, I need to like level up. And like my podcast is just my Zoom recorder when I sit on my couch. But now I need to buy a house oh, in Malibu and get my. I was trying to make people think you were in Malibu. Oh, yeah. I mean, right on the PCH. Yep. That's where we are. Guys, Malibu it is. Fuck. Get like Bert. Fuck yeah. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.